Material Components Episode 34 The Harrowing County Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about intelligent items and the adventurers who love them. I am your humble dungeon master, Mike Gargoni, and joining me as always are my stalwart adventurers. Hey adventurers, how's it going? It's going good. good. It's going. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Happy to be home. Uh, hey guys, I am Olivia and I will be playing Tears of Cloakbearer child of the outer storm i am elliot and i will be playing cherish iron strike the tiefling sorcerer i am michael and i am playing sid emberlite half elf rogue and i'm reed morris and i play crawl the hobgoblin warlock indeed and i would like to begin this session the same way i begin every session by asking all of you if you remember what happened last time Oh, barely. My head hurts, though. (laughs) Uh, Yes, we did go to a party. It was... The beginning of it was a little bit rough. Uh, What with the devil head. It's true, yeah. One of the deep seams seemed to out of nowhere, just dump a devil head out into the middle of the dance floor. How rude of them. (laughs) Yeah, super rude. Yeah, basically accused the mayor of allowing a demon-worshipping cult to uh, flourish in in the city. And people were upset at first, but then the mayor did probably the greatest entrance of all time, and people were like, I mean, devil head or... I can't stay mad at you. I can't stay mad at you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then moves. he like, yeah. And then he gave everybody presents. Mm-hmm. Tried in some instances. It's true. All of these yeah. are true facts. Over the course of the party, you were all offered gifts by Mayor von Zarovich himself. Some of you denied. Some of you accepted for reasons that are your own. Also, over the course of the party, you did indre- you did indeed imbibe of alcohol. At least most of you did. Cherish yeah. abstained. Yeah. Probably for the best. Didn't want to just randomly go unconscious <laughs> at a vampire's house. <laughs> yeah, I'm that's probably you, for gonna, the best. And you know we're what? There figure were, out something there to were make a that work. severe lack of fainting couches. I'm just saying. Well, outside. Maybe there's there, maybe there's a suggestion box for next year. I'm going to just write yeah. some suggestions in. <laughs> Igor has a little box that, uh, <laughs> next to it when everyone leaves. and there, He's uh-huh. like, thank you for attending the party. If you have any suggestions, put them in the box. <laughs> but have some hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> plenty of snacks. Questions, comments, concerns. <laughs> maybe music suggestions. Well, you were aware that the music might not have been up to snuff this year due to the lack of the Bard's Guild, but the musical interpretations of the Brothers Scumble did just fine. 
book. The Brother Scumble is a staple in Blue Gulch, so. They're a down-home family favorite. Yeah. So, yes, the night proceeded without any real troubles or tribulations, other than some moral quandaries where accepting gifts were concerned, and Mm -hmm. finding appropriate dance partners. And also, you know, yelling and or befriending the old mage as as one wills. Oh, right, because there was one other guest to the party that seemed to come out of nowhere, and that was the old mage herself. Zenerva was present for at least a chunk of the party. Though yeah. not though not all of it. I like her. She's fine. <laughs> and as she departed, because she has a schedule to keep after all, she deposited one jet into the party. Cherish's erstwhile companion. <laughs> My paramour. <laughs> Without regard for consequences. You know, like Aphrodite herself. Um, uh, But yeah, it was nice. (laughs) (laughs) So the evening found you all enjoying yourselves as the party settled away. Uh, There was a brief cutaway at the end that probably doesn't have anything to do with anything, so it's fine. Right, yeah. Different campaign. Yeah. Entirely different campaign. <laughs> I'm referencing my home game in the podcast now. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> so, we find you all the next morning, recovering from the party. Where do each of you find yourselves come the morning of the 21st of the month of Shade? Don't all go at once. <laughs> okay, then I won't. <laughs> Um, um oh go for it. Uh what is what is uh Calkin's what is the roof situation on on Calkin on your home? I mean there Church. is one. There, <laughs> there is, is one. Roof. Is it a flat There's... situation? Is it a slanted situation? It's what, flat. What uh it's flat. flat. Yeah, that makes Gr- sense to me. I think I I have reference images in my Pinterest. Why? Uh I'm going to sleep on top of the house. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Sid somehow acquired more cactus juice on the way home. <laughs> it just was lobbing off the tops of I cactus Wait, sipping guys, them with a straw. I'm going to sleep in the sky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay, no, that's... So Sid finds himself waking up on the roof of Iron Strike Metalworks. Hmm. Just like old times. Okay. <laughs> Tears up. Um, I think. I, I mean, I go to. I sleep in my bed or in my bedroll like a normal person. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I also think that like you guys all for like the first time ever, Tirza is not like the first one awake. Just like ah. curled up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am a uh, cinnamon roll. (laughs) Yes. Where does Grawl find himself? Uh, Grawl walked back to the to Calkin's house, 
hung out by the forge. <laughs> Grawl's the guy at the end of the party where everyone else is catching the lift, and you're like, eh, it's only a mile. I'll walk. I feel like a walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, read, he, he read a book on the walk home with his dark vision. Oh. Aww, interesting. That's cute. A book which the first sentence of which begins with, I am ancient, I am the land. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> just checking. Just <laughs> checking. Yeah. Fun, yeah, yeah. fun book. No, no. He read Hello Kitty Island Adventure 3. Oh. <laughs> oh I yeah. love that That's one. That's the good specialty yeah. in this land. Yeah. yeah. Really wraps up the saga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Elliot, before you go, I'm making a slight adjustment to uh, commemorate the first party I ever went to at your house, Mike's, in that Tirza is rolled up in her bedroll, but she's also sitting straight up. Somehow. <laughs> That's right, I forgot about that. She wakes up sitting up? Yeah. yeah. Are you propped up against anything? Or are you just... A big old water barrel? Yeah. yeah, a big old water barrel. Okay. But just cool. straight up. <laughs> Comfy. <laughs> Okay, like, Jeff's parents were at the party. I assume that they mm-hmm. were like, um, hi, how did you get here? And Cherish doesn't want to talk to his mom, so she's just like... Elliot, I'll say this much. That is totally up to you. Did you manage to get away with Jet before his parents noticed? Or mm. did his parents notice? <sighs> <laughs> oh, we snuck away then. Oh, we snuck away then. If it's up to me. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jet would have been completely enchanted by the evening's events, having been suddenly transported to the person he cares most about. He would <sighs> be willing to just follow the dream logic of the evening. Okay. Oh, I didn't know Jet felt that way about me, but. Um... <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you know? I mean, I we did have a great oh, bonding yeah. moment at the tower. Sid, so, yeah, Sid, when you wake up on the roof, Jet's there too. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're spooning. That's yeah. That's, and I don't know why. The weird thing is, you're the big spoon. Yeah, he yeah. does like to be the little spoon. Aww. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't surprise me. This is true, though. Yeah. <laughs> that last part, true. at the very least, is true. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to be the little spoon when you got horns coming up it, and yeah. a tail. And mm-hmm. a tail. That's so. true. Yeah. Okay. So where do Cherish and Jet find themselves very early in the morning? Perhaps waking up soggy with dew somewhere in a field? (laughs) Oh no, all three of us are on the roof. No. Um, (laughs) It was a great night. All right. Uh, (laughs) All right, let's get that fan fiction going. Yeah. No, I think we went we went back home. <laughs> okay. Uh Calkin definitely wouldn't have wouldn't have been home if you managed to sneak back quick enough. She had a oh, yeah. late night. Yeah. Look, she deserves it. Yeah. Gotta let loose. <laughs> so you find yourself waking up in the morning. Uh your bed definitely not big enough for two people to sleep on comfortably. Well, maybe two <laughs> normal sized people, but not one person and one seven and a half foot tall person. 
Jet's not that crazy big. He is a half orc. So he, he's definitely pushing seven feet tall, but like seven and a okay. half, that's like basketball player. Like he's not Kareem Abdul Jabbar. He's Okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> His mom, on the other hand. There's two Kareem Abdul Jabbars. <laughs> she is so ah, good on the court. So... No wonder Fucking... you didn't want to talk to her. Right. I totally yeah. get it now. I, I might leave her son for her. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. Yeah, but no, it's not. It's not the NFL. But work, regardless, yes, you made it work. And you wake up wrapped in each other's warm embrace. It's lame. I love it. Scarf. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, Cherish, you wake up to a very light knocking on the side of your door. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> kind of squeeze myself out of bed. (laughs) Throw on a nightgown. Jet's all like, got one arm beneath himself, one arm thrown up over his head, and just kind of leaning to the side. His tusks have this like little web of drool between them. (laughs) Nice. Um, I like... <laughs> crack the door open like this much. You see Kalkin standing on the other side, facing in the opposite direction, not actually looking at the door. Ah, Best what a mom. good mom. Best mom. <laughs> and she is just going to proffer you a tray with a couple of cups of steaming what looks like tea and some like hard porridge and toast. Oh, there's there's way more than two people in here. Sid's in here too. <laughs> oh, hey, Calkin, how's it going? Yeah, he came down off the roof in the middle of the night. <laughs> Sid's wearing one of Cherish's other nightgowns. <laughs> <laughs> he likes being the little spoon even more than Jet, so he's just sandwiched yeah. in the middle there. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. The littlest spoon. <laughs> the littlest spoon. The littlest middlest spoon. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I like this story. Uh, this is good. good. <laughs> I'm going to write this children's story one day. <laughs> this is the book we're always reading. <laughs> the littlest, middlest spoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Great. Mm. Uh, thank you. And she goes, Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And you see, she's she's just got this, like, shit-eating grin on her face as she's not looking at you, but she's handing you the tray. Just uh, close the door with my foot. (laughs) Put the tray down on my desk. Okay. So, as early morning proceeds into the middle of the morning, the rest of you find your way awake eventually. There is a stiffness to your bodies, but there's also just a sense of like, okay, yesterday was a good day. Moral quandaries aside and incoming threats of devil-worshipping or something-worshipping cultists. Eh. 
worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Despite any yeah, other sure. awkward sleeping positions you might have had, there there is a, a restfulness that you have now. <laughs> so you all gather, get your breakfast on, uh coming slowly to you're all like kind of coming together inside uh Cherish and Kalkin's home, getting tea where it is wanted. Maybe something like stronger if you want some hair of the dog. <laughs> I like to imagine that maybe Cherish, like, we all woke up and got out of bed before Cherish and Jet. So we're all just sitting in the kitchen. Um... <laughs> we we leave we leave the room like flat uh-huh. like two minutes apart as as if like we had gone to the bathroom or something. <laughs> It's very subtle. Like, no, we we came out of the same room. <laughs> like, do you guys have pre like pre uh, thought out dialogue? Oh, hey, Jet, I didn't know you were here. <laughs> uh, hey, Cherish, good to oh, see hey, you. Oh, hey, Jet, sorry you had to sleep on the floor last night. Hope that wasn't too uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, and he repeats no, I don't like, think, I don't "Hey, think... Jet, uh, sorry you had to sleep. No, wait, that's yours." Um... <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, you know, with her, as far as her mom's <laughs> concerned, she's like a little sheepish, but I don't think she cares what you guys think. Um, Jet would definitely be very awkward around Kalkin, though. Yeah, that's fair. Very something along the lines of like, uh, uh, more than Miss uh, Iron, Iron Strike, um, or <laughs> Mrs. or Miss or, um, uh, um, and. Miss Cherish's mom. <laughs> I Cal- think Calkin would definitely trying- like pat him on the shoulder, force a mug of tea into his hand, and like, <laughs> pointing towards a chair. I think uh, Sid is trying to make Jet as uncomfortable as possible. Great! <laughs> oh no! Hey guys, Jet's here. Did you guys notice that Jet's here? That's so. Ooh. It's so weird. How How are you doing, Jet? <laughs> And he'll turn to you, and he'll just, like, give you a big old smile and say, I'm doing great, Sid. I bet you are. <laughs> <laughs> and on the, in the middle of the table, there is a, uh, a miner's lamp, some kind of hooded lantern. And it will let out a low... <laughs> like a sitcom canned laughter. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Oh my god. God. It's perfect. Too bad it can't too bad it can't make applause noises. I, I can and then just I, I gently like pat Oculo where its head would be. Just like yes. <laughs> <sighs> So yeah, you all have breakfast, and you are all sitting around the table, uh, pondering what comes next. Uh, Jet is slowly coming to the realization that this is not all just a dream, and that he has found himself back in Blue Gulch, way ahead of schedule. Yeah, Uh, Mm. that's kind of my first thing I want to bring up. Um, (laughs) So what happened, Jet? Uh... Yeah, so, um, I was still probably like three, four days out, so I'm not, 
I mean, yeah, old mage magic, all that good stuff. Um, and right. not not to say that I don't mind, but uh, I was kind of the the only trainee with the uh, with the edge masons, and they yeah. were yeah, they're 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 headed down here. I mean, uh, they got they got word from Captain McFeeg that you know, shit's going sideways. So they, we got most of a battalion heading this way. There was more uh, that showed up at the Sunpass Tower after y'all left. Just a quick question, Jet. Um, does this count as abandoning your post? Uh, Sid. Uh, Sid. Hmm? Sid. Yes. You're making him nervous. <laughs> Without just, warrant. I'm just saying, like, it's possible. I'm looking out for you, buddy. And Jet will dejectedly look down at his mug of tea and say, I, I, I don't know, probably. I'm not, I'm not sure. Don't worry, we got an look. in with an old mage. Pretty much whatever we say, it'll be fine. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she swapped places with you and explained the situation or maybe lied. I'd, I don't know if you just disappeared randomly, magically. Yep. from the second thing. one. Well, Yes, the second one, but you wouldn't know if she just switched places with you and then explained what was going on to your companions oh, or whatever. That 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 that's true. Uh, whew, that's the definitely best case scenario. Yes. So we're heading out today. Uh, we're going to go investigate something down south, but you should probably be here when they get here to explain the situation. If she didn't. Uh, what are you what are you going to go investigate? <laughs> and there's a big long awkward silence. <laughs> well uh Yeah. Are we not telling people this? We've already told know. like a bunch of we people. We've told a bunch of people, like a bunch, right. of, a bunch people. of people, right? So, so yeah, we sh- we shouldn't tell Jet. You're right. Is this? That's not what I was going to say. Oh, okay. I misunderstood. D- does this uh, have something to do with the the hobgoblins? Uh, no offense. I'll turn to Grawl. No, oh, it is a. Grawl's looking out the window. Grawl's was like, who is this? <laughs> who is this Justin person? It's, <laughs> like, it's, it's Jed. It's Cherish it. He's like, I don't know. That, uh, I've never I met know. this person. I, I don't remember. <laughs> no. 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 Um, so there are like... Holes in the world in reality uh, that are bad, and we're gonna go maybe close one. Uh, That's sort of the short version of the story. You should show him your your PowerPoint. Oh yes, please do. Let's see. I'm not sure if I have it saved. (laughs) (laughs) I was kind of hoping that was gonna be a one-time deal. Uh, (laughs) Let me go through my archives. Jet will heart. raise his hand and say, look, this is, like, old mage stuff? Yes, yeah. All right, well, it, I don't know about bad holes in the world or nothing, but uh, you, you gonna be safe going where you are? 
It's a solid baby. <laughs> as safe as we ever baby. are. Then I don't know if I should be waiting around for the other Edge Masons. As safe as I was during the trials, as safe as I have been for the past two months, with you not being around. And he'll get a little consternated. And as safe as you were running around a tower full of kobolds by yourself. Well, and if I'd had the option to be with you during all that, or vice versa, I, I would have taken that option. And now well, I, I got the opportunity to, and I feel like just because we weren't together before doesn't mean we shouldn't be now. <laughs> I know. Okay, I was for just... our listeners, for our listeners, just question: Is that what Sid is doing? Uh, what Michael Isman is doing right now is just the cutest little chin hands I've ever seen. <laughs> just listen. Just listen. I will point out: Tirza is looking anywhere but at the two of you. Just weirdly watching Garal eat his porridge. <laughs> just like. Just like looking at that bowl of porridge. What? Did you want some? Of the no, I have, you have my your own, own bowl. Fine. I know. What do you want? Well, I have mine? my own bowl. Get your oh, own. Oh, I can get your own bowl. <laughs> um, look, there's plenty going on here that. I don't want you coming with us and. You know, getting hurt and it being my fault, okay? Well, I, I figure that's my decision to make. You're right. Look, we're getting, getting, we're going to get ready to go. Soon. I don't know if you wanted to check in with your parents. And he'll just suddenly get this big wide-eyed look going, <laughs> Oh, Lord, they were at the party last night, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Oh, Lordy. Ugh. And he'll stand up suddenly and be like, Ah, oh, if word gets to my mouth that I was there and I didn't... Oh, Lords. Um... Yeah. This, please, uh, don't leave without me, he'll say, as he, like, stands up and pushes himself back from the chair. Is he waiting for a response? He's looking at you seriously. Damn it. Fine. <laughs> that wasn't, like, a ploy to leave without you. I, I did actually occur to me that you might want to say hi. But yes, fine, we've only... <sighs> Thank you. He'll grab Oculo and attach it to his belt, and Oculo will say, Oh, good, I love ramification. She's so nice. Hmm. <laughs> and he will go towards the door, and you can see that his big hammer is leaning right up next to uh, Kalkin's little hammer next to the door. And oh my god. It's probably Kalkin's first clue about there was somebody else here. 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's just so always subtle. fair. Ah, uh, who's who's this big <laughs> giant <laughs> hammer? That's weird. I don't know. And he'll grab the hammer and sling it over a shoulder, and he'll shoot one back, one last look back at you, Cherish, before he walks out the door. And it's a combination of affection and concern and worry. Um, but finally he settles on just like a big smile and he'll say, that was a fun party last night. Yeah. I I lean over to Tirza and I say, what do you think they're talking about? (laughs) Jet will leave. Ugh, he's so stupidly noble. Oh, darn. I mean, we could probably use the help. He's he's pretty strong. He's I'm able to hold worried. his own. I'm Cal- just worried that this is going to be worse and more dangerous than the last time. But yeah, I can't make him do anything. He's so big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably just that big. I mean, anyways, Kalkin has been leaning on the kitchen counter, pretty quiet through all of this. But as the door closes and Jet leaves and you say all this, she'll finally speak up and say, You should leave before he gets back. I know. Cherish goes and gets dressed. And when Cherish leaves the room, Kalkin will turn to Grawl say that boy's not ready for whatever it is you're going to be facing oh I know I don't know if they know really you going to do anything about it I mean I'm ready to go I was eating my breakfast so <laughs> everyone else chatting I, I've been up for hours everything's right. packed I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go are they ready Kalkin will shake her head and put her mug down and move out towards the forge, and she'll say, if you need anything before you leave, just let me know now. We're all uh, still here? Uh, yeah. Cherish is gone. Cherish oh, yeah, is getting dressed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just in my room. Yeah. It takes me like four seconds. I'm wearing pants and a shirt. It's nothing. <laughs> I bust back through the door. <laughs> So I guess we're heading out then. Guess we can make a few stops. Get ready. We need rations uh, before we leave. We need rations. We need potions. We need travel Shit, stuff we need that potions, we're. Don't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, we can just go to Mixamilios really quick. He has regular potions, right? Let's yeah, just go those to a ones regular. that turn you into a plant for six seconds? I think that's as close to normal as he has. I achieved That's not too bad. Okay. <laughs> if I get turned into a plant, one of you guys can carry me. It's fine. I don't, I don't see At the problem. Mid battle, that might not be a good uh, mm, strategy. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm, you bring up a valid point here. How about, I'm sure there's just a regular, like, magic shop somewhere, right? Yeah. 
It's called I don't Walker think Imports. And the potions that was his not so. I can literally be anybody. Oh What's his nuts? Who, I don't who, remember who, his the, name. I the, haven't looked at my Google document in a while. Um, I believe you're referring to a, Hiram Fink. Yes, Hiram Fink, who is a fraud. Basically, a fraud. If you just, Does he sell like essential oils or something? Kind of. He's a snake oil <laughs> yeah. salesman. Yeah. Yeah. He wants you also to join his it, MLM. It does it does heal one hit point, but it's like like just on accident. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna heal that anyways. Yeah. He heals one HP but also causes two HPs worth of damage. You know that you could get basic healing potions at the general store. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Yeah, and that's the, the that's 2d4 plus 2, right? Yeah, and their supply is probably limited. Yeah. So if we're going to go see Omotep, we need to do it now. Okay, as long as we make it quick. Well, their time works differently in there, so I'm not even sure how this is going to work. You've popped out of the store before, and no time at all has passed, and you've popped out of the store before, and hours have passed. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, either way, I don't think Jeff's going to be able to find us. Will he? No, I don't think he's going to be able oh, to. Oh, great. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. So what's the play? Rations and basic supplies you can definitely get in town easy enough. Yeah. How many days worth of rations are you all getting? We should get five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Taking the lessons of Captain Bellwether uh, to heart. Yes. Yeah, we might. Seven Should actually might more? be a good idea. Seven might actually yeah. be a good idea because if we end up staying at this. Yeah, that's true. Okay, we should get seven. <laughs> seven. Okay. So you all get seven days worth of rations each. You can mark that off on your gold. Yes. If you're literally just popping into Duskwalker Import and Export to attempt to get healing potions, we can mm -hmm. probably skim straight over that, unless there's anything in particular you wanted to talk to Omatep about. No. No. Uh, he'll definitely okay, try good, to cause... sell you on any kind of magic items, as is his won't. But... Yeah. Yeah. And remember, at Duskwalker, you have the 10% kerfuffle discount on your potions. Ah. Right. Oh, good call. So this is the standard, the... Standard, greater, and... Greater. Uh, let me check real quick which ones he has in stock. He's got your standard. He's got your greater. He's got your superior, superior and the supreme. The regular Much is 50. These are the normal prices, by the way. Okay. The greater is 150. The superior is 600. And the supreme is 5.500. Right. Dang. Or no, sorry. 5.5 thousand, I should say. Yeah. I'll buy one of those then. The one for 5,500? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, it's like, um, what? <laughs> you thought Does, uh, I got rid of that platform. 
Oh <laughs> no, it was back. A... Oh god. <laughs> Ramification's coming for you. <laughs> yeah, no. God. Does Duskwalker have a line of credit? Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> that does oh not god. sound like Omatab. I'm at just all. curious. I mean, it's worth the shot. If you um, bring it up, he will laugh you out of the store. <laughs> you gotta get some, like, really juicy information we can trade. Um, you are sitting on quite a bit of juicy input. information already. No. Can we trade information? Is that a thing? Is that a policy he, that I'm not aware of? deals in information. Like, that's one of his specialities, as he points out to us. So I'm sure he would consider that payment if we have to buy it to get it. He is... He does not advertise it, but yes, that is an option. So are we saying we're purchasing information or are we providing information? Pro- providing. I'm just okay. saying it bo- goes both ways. I okay. assume. Who is providing information? What information do we have? I don't know. Give them. Basically, how it would work is you provide a piece of information and he would tell you how much in in-store credit it's worth. Okay. And if you're doing that, I think we might need to have a scene, because that is going to depend on the kind of information you're willing to part with. (sighs) Yeah. Do we have time to barter with him? Y'all have some some juicy tidbits, I'll say that much. We do have some juicy tidbits. I mean, we can always work around that later. I mean, I was mostly bringing it up as a, this is something that we have the option to it it would just maybe help purchase help us purchase more potions which we're probably going to need a bunch of since you know where we're going is super dangerous um i am going to purchase my healing my healing potion i'm going to get one standard and one greater okay excellent what else yeah i will do that as well all right one standard one greater I will um, get one standard, please. Girl's getting the standard. I will do... 50? Uh, 45. 45, yes. 45. 45. Got it. Thank you. And I will do uh, two standard. Okay. Excellent. When you boop out of Duskwalker Import and Export TM, you find that despite the transaction being slightly rushed, as opposed to your normal perusing, you've got a deadline today, that the exact amount of time that should have passed has passed. Thank goodness. I'm going to say that we brought our horses slash celestial reindeers with us when we followed Alexander, though. Into the store? Just in case. No, Uh, just outside outside wherever we were. Okay. All right. Cool, cool. Or as close to where we were as possible. All right. Excellent. You guys brought the horses and Carrie just again walks (laughs) up up. out of the streets. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just from an alley or something. Yeah. Again, "Ah, like there's like three small children like hanging off of it's great. (laughs) You have to like like wipe them off. Like (laughs) get off of there. How much were the um the greater healing potions, Mike? They're one thirty five. Oh one thirty five. Okay. Correct. So 45 and 135. Yeah. So by the time you have all of these supplies together, it is probably close to noon. You did not wake up very early, so. 
No. Fair enough. Unfortunately. It's all right. It's all good. It's all Gucci, fam. As you're buying the last of your mundane supplies from Sasha's general store, you're coming out into the area by the center green. There you can see the remnants of yesterday's wild blowout party. The bandstands are still erected, and people are, like, lazily starting to get to pulling them down or cleaning up some of the party detritus from the night before. There mm -hmm. is streamers and ribbons just littering the ground outside, and pieces of tables and ale barrels that are just smashed on the sides of the road. The center green itself is a wasteland of after-party detritus. There is... Definitely more than a few people sleeping in bushes, feet just sticking out from underneath the shrubbery. You can see quite a few people, though, out on the street already with large sacks and little pointed sticks. And they're, like, spearing garbage and stuff and putting them into sacks. It seems as though there is a community effort already beginning to clean up the aftermath. Well, good. Cherish, you would know that all of these people are being paid by the mayor. Oh, yeah. That tracks. That's good. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. The mayor is very keen on civic work. Mm. Speaking of which, I have one very important <laughs> question for Cherish specifically. And oh, that cool. is... Have you attuned to your present? Gonna take that as a no. Yeah, I was about to say, like, oh, could I have done it really quick? I does Walker import next word, but probably not. I mean, if you didn't, I think it's still. I I think it's still in the bag of holding, actually. Okay. I mean, yeah, if you wanted to do it in Duskwalker, it would have only taken a minute. Exactly, but I'm just not sure if like. We were we weren't so rushed that like she would have that would have skipped her mind. Okay, actually, let me double check real quick to see if it even requires attunement. I'm not 100 percent on that. Yeah, I don't know if wands require. Some of them do. Um, yep, some, some of them yeah. do. Okay. okay, maybe I'll do it tonight by the campfire. Sure. Okay. Sure. So yes, as of this point, <laughs> you still are not 100 percent on what that wand does. Yes, I just know it's sparkly and pretty, and that I love it. It is so sparkly and so pretty. Hmm. And I love it so much. Yes. Anything okay. else you want to accomplish in town before you leave? Nope. Is there... Okay, so w with the training that Tirza and I have done in the past, um, would we already have sort of like wooden sparring weapons or have we just kind of been doing forms up until this point? You never specified to me that you picked up any kind of wooden sparring weapons, so I've been I would, assuming... I would like to pick those up, then. Okay, um, that is going to be problematic. Uh, without mm. having them custom-made, there's no place in a town like Blue Gulch where you could very easily pick that kind of thing up. Makes sense. Uh, Stormhaven is a big enough town that there's going to be martial training dojos and things of that nature, but Blue Gulch That's isn't true. that necessarily kind of town. Not really just, a lot of trees around. You could just pick up, like, a shitty sword. 
a shitty sharp sword. It's not that there isn't. No, a shitty doesn't dull have to sword. Be a shitty, yeah. Hey, Cal, can you got a, some a, shitty dull swords lying around? She broke a bunch of them yesterday. That's <laughs> a fair point. Uh, yeah, if you wanted to, you could commission a, a few iron swords that Calcon could just dull down with a grinding wheel real quick. Great. Yeah, that, that sounds great. So, yeah. Uh, you have training weapons of whatever you want, but they are still metal, so they can still deal bludgeoning damage. Right. That's too hard. As long as I can't honestly know, sneak attack anybody on accident. With the swords Calcan provides you, it would be very difficult. Okay, great. Alright, anything else? I don't think so. I and in fact I think as we get closer and closer to the like leaving time, Tirza starts to get more like Okay, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, ready to go. Your last stop I... is back at Calkins to pick up those yeah. training weapons. And she will give you all a resolute look and a nod and ask, You want me to come with you? Can you get a horse in two minutes? Probably not. And honestly, I don't know if I could... I mean... Ulrich owes me a couple of favors, probably. Not in two minutes. Um, give me two hours. How strong is my reindeer? <laughs> it's regular reindeer strength. That doesn't work. <laughs> I will say the, the fine steed steed is strong enough to carry smaller people if you wanted to mount up Sid or Cherish or even Grawl with you it'd probably be fine but Calcon is made of sturdier stock yeah I figured that that would be neither on horse yeah. and obviously, honestly she doesn't seem too driven to come with you she's just making the offer like she's happy to see you either way What I said to Jed applies to you, too. She I know this is dangerous, but I don't want you getting hurt on my account. I totally get that. Once upon a time, would have been the same with you. But then she'll give you a big smile. You're all grown up now. I love you, Mom. Love you too, Cherish. Go kick okay, some ass. Okay, let's go. Hell yeah. <laughs> Pun intended. I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> and as you're like turning to leave, she'll go, oh, oh, oh. And rush over and you see her scrambling over to what looks like a travel pack hung up on a peg. It is very familiar at this point. <laughs> and she'll rummage around and pull out a couple of those silver worked feathers oh the feathers yeah and she'll rush over to you and say I know where you're going but just in case you need help these will get a message to me or anyone you need okay how many how many of those feathers are there two 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 cool um 
So, Cherish, you can mark down that you now have two more Feather Tokens. For a total of three. Mm-hmm. Does does Kalkin have a, a like a portrait of the, uh, I don't remember, the old guard in the house? Um, do you ask? Yes. Because you've been inside the main house proper. You've never been inside of Kalkin's room, though, so... Uh, as far as you know, she doesn't, but if you ask, she'll say, uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I got one. Does it have every party member? Yeah. Can I take a look at it? If you want. Great. Right now? Yeah, before we leave. It'll take just a second. And Calkin will head inside and come back out and... Cherish, you know that this was something that Kalkin kept in her room. You've mm-hmm. seen it before. Though she always kept it, like, tucked behind the bed frame, essentially. She never had it hanging up on the wall. And when she comes out, Sid, you see a the spitting image of the portrait your mother had. It's the exact same size, dimensions, and the exact same consistency. The difference is that there is a fourth person in the portrait, whereas Hmm. in your mom's version, there was just, like, background. It looked like, now that you're seeing the differences, it looked like maybe somebody painted over that (laughs) part of the portrait (laughs) that your mom had. Patty, I love it. Uh, So good. And yeah, you see a much younger version of Kalkin. Standing off to one side, hand on one hip, huge hammer over her shoulder, grinning with this just, like, almost crazed look in her eyes. And she's staring into the middle distance, just, like, towards whoever is painting this portrait. (laughs) Next to her is a woman who is almost unrecognizable. She is wearing dusty... It's like sandy-colored robes that are highlighted with purple and blue. And she has a couple of books in one arm and a hand on a warhammer that rests at her hip. Her robes sort of belie any kind of martial training, but clearly she's familiar enough with this warhammer. And you see what would one day be the hard, stony face of Netta kind of just smiling sheepishly forward. She's still like a a big woman, but she like holds herself less impressively here. Uh, Neto's always the tallest of this bunch. Um, Next to her is a woman with short blonde hair dressed in like tight-fitting leathers and sort of blousy sleeves. She's got leather arm guards on knee-high boots and several daggers just slotted into these thigh holsters. Fuck yeah. And a long rapier at her hip. It's tough to tell if it's Stormpiercer or not. It probably isn't. Um, But it just appears to be a functional, functional rapier. Standing next to her is... When you all see this portrait, because it is a a large, like, poster-sized portrait. Imagine, like, a poster on its side, kind of like 36 by 24. 
you see a man who, while the features are different, the smile is just like, whoa, <laughs> that's creepy. Like, the lines of the face are just Sid. The ears are much longer. Sid has slightly canted ears in the style of a half-elf. This person's ears are, like, long and come back past the skull a little bit. Their eyes are this bright, shimmering gold. And, yeah, he's just got this smarmy, cocky smile on his face. And he is standing like a very proud knight, sword straight down in front of him, both hands on the pummel, with, like, his head slightly tilted with that cocky, shit-eating grin on his face. And you can see a small little dragon sitting on his shoulder. It looks like a pseudo-dragon. Hmm. Yeah, I base I take in as much uh try to get as clear of a picture in my head as possible. And like, okay. Great, thank you. Yeah, the differences you see is his features are a little sharper than yours, Sid. Oh. He's definitely got a, a bit more of a pronounced chin. Uh hmm. the big feature difference you see is he's got a very roguish scar down over his left eye, just missing the eye. Gotcha. Um, does he have, like... What? What is his hair color? His hair color is black, almost blue. It's kind of like that comic book black. Yeah. It is definitely in a... Actually, very similar to, like, a Clark Kent quaff. It's got a little bit of a tuft on the front. Hmm. Okay. And Tears, uh... You definitely are struck by just how different Netta looks in this. Like, you've never seen her wearing anything other than, like, chainmail. So seeing her in what looks like the robes of what you know, the rank that she must have held was that of an emissary. Based on the robe she's wearing in this photo or portrait. Portrait, yeah. Though it does raise some questions, Sid, about just like, wow, this is almost a... Other than the your missing father, this is a perfect reproduction of the portrait your mother had. Hmm. So, like, somebody went through a lot of trouble to make multiples of this. Right. Not impossible, but just very... Took a skilled artisan. Right. Okay. Well, thanks for indulging me. I just, I just you know, needed a little bit of motivation. Before we head out. Um, thank you for that. Yeah. She'll tuck it under one arm and go back into the house and kind of wave you all goodbye as you turn to leave. Bye-bye. Toodles. So let it be confirmed here that you are in no way trying to find or wait for Jet? No. Okay. I'm on the same page as Kalkin. 
more or less concerned. Did we establish that his hammer, his hammer doesn't do the thing yet, right? Because that'll be awkward if he can catch up with us. Yes. Well, as far as we know, his hammer can't do the thing. It couldn't <laughs> last time, and we are operating under that same assumption. Okay. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? Y'all could be uh, listening to us have a very loud yelling match later. <laughs> Our first fight. <laughs> We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Where do you head? Uh, So I think that we should go out of town the same way, like on the the way went towards the Tumbledown farm. Like, obviously we shouldn't through their farm on our, you know, uh, horses and other sundry four-legged animals. Um, but like, that's right. We were at the edge of their arm and we sort of were visually following the fire trail back towards the hills. So like, that's the direction we should be going. Is that the direction of this supposed compound? Yes, I'm pretty sure it was. You've really only just gotten a vague direction in terms of the Southwest. Yeah. Cherish, you would know that there is a road that vaguely heads Southwest. And by road, I mean, mostly a cart track. It meanders through several farmsteads leading to the southwest. You would pass through the Tumbledown Farm, the Archer's Mm -hmm. Farm, and finally the farthest to the southwest is the Ettenson's Farm. Okay. Well, that's a pretty good good trail to follow, like referencing what uh, Danjo said last night. I think think that's the right track to go to start on anyway. Okay. Yeah. Fair and enough. past that, we probably wouldn't want to be on a road anyway, yeah. hypothetically, so we're less uh, conspicuous. Yes. I say on my glowing reindeer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In your glowing armor. <laughs> ah, nice. To be fair, the armor so- doesn't glow, but... Okay. It, it, I know, I think I keep, I keep saying it, that, even though it, it's not true. <laughs> It shimmers iridescently. <laughs> it can. Yes. If you do lightning stuff, then then yes. <laughs> this is true. Heading out of town, you wheel around the center green and take the road to the southwest. The eight-spoked roads of Blue Gulch give you a perfect shot leading in that direction. On your way out of town you see a man on a black horse kind of hunched over watching you approach. Uh, Do we we all make eye contact and are like, oh my god, what is this? (laughs) What now? (laughs) Big man, small man. Yeah, what does he look like? Lumpy man. No. How lumpy? No. How yeah. lumpy? No. Like, like distinctively lumpy. <sighs> oh God, is he distinctively lumpy? You were, you were alluded to this. He's got a bit of a hump, and some real bad stitching all over the face. Oh, yeah. As you, you get closer, you can clearly make out the distinct Boy. form of Igor. Hey. 
Oh, hey, Igor, what's up? He's not the bad lump. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was worried I was, it was the bad I, lump. I, I think we all had a I moment of hope being like, oh, God, is it Lang? Why is he here? <laughs> it here? I don't know. Lang is Lang. So, as you approach, Igor will tip a forelock towards all of you. You won't yeah, hey, Igor, what's up? Oh. oh, is he just passing? He's he's not moving, he's watching you exit the town. Oh. Yeah, okay, if, what's up? What if, are you doing? If you say hello, he'll say, Oh, greetings. Nothing, just observing the day. Can I make an insight check? Yeah, it's been a while since we rolled dice. I did it last Ooh. time. That's true. I think I rolled last time for performance, but uh, I got a 25. Is that right? I don't know. I don't have your character sheet in front of me. <laughs> Mostly talking to myself so we don't have dead air. <laughs> hey, Reed. Yeah. These beautiful, yes. beautiful dice that you gave me. Do you know yeah. what the first number I rolled on them is? <laughs> I bet you it was a one. It's because Reed touched you've, them. You've, I know true. you've cursed me. <laughs> is Reed the Will Whedon of this podcast? No, don't you say that. <laughs> okay. You take that back. Great. Now I've said his name, which means no. I'm going to probably for the rest of the night. Don't Two more times and he'll summon <laughs> <laughs> If only. Dark, dark magic. Uh, I got 23. 23. Yeah, Igor's full of shit. Yeah. Okay, look, we are sort of on, like, a tight schedule here, so can we just, like, cut through the bullshit, please? The Aurochs shit? Uh, well, I'm simply making sure you're getting out of town in a timely fashion. Weird. Okay, wait, now maybe we should stay. <laughs> Igor. Igor, my man, my dude. I am all of those things, yes. <laughs> what are you, like... He's probably put several dudes, persuasion honestly. check. That's not good. Uh, <laughs> Igor isn't secretly a dragon, is he? <laughs> nope. Okay. That all would right. be so would much get, worse. I would get plus nine to this roll, but I don't. <laughs> 18. Igor will say, the master simply wished to be informed when you had vacated the town and started your journey southward. That's so suspicious. I was. It really is. Simply following orders. <laughs> and Olivia just muted uh, herself. Yeah. Uh, she did that on purpose. Uh, <laughs> so, um, God, we just need to go. We need to go, you guys. Yeah, whatever. No, yeah, it's, I'm, yeah, I'm over it. <laughs> okay, well, congratulations on your accomplished mission. Yes. Stay safe. Enjoy your bird watching or whatever. Oh, no, I'm good. And he'll tr start trotting towards the center of town. God, oh, great. <laughs> Very good. Uh, perfect. 
leave I... town at. Yep, at a full gallop. Yeah. Is a canter faster than gallop? No, a gallop is the fastest. Gallop is the fastest. Okay, that's what I thought. I always get those two. I always get. I was going to ask, yeah. what kind of pace do you strike moving southwest? A full gallop, mm-hmm. just absolutely full speed. I think that's a terrible idea. Yeah, it is a terrible idea. Um, uh, the, the pace where we don't get disadvantage on our perception checks later. <laughs> How about that one? Yeah. <laughs> that was a that was a bad one to do that first time. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, moving at a normal pace, you can cover mm-hmm. 24 miles in a day. Cool. Whoa. Cool, cool. You know, moving at that pace along the charted roads, you can make it to the vague piece of your destination, which is the foothills to the southwest, directly southwest of Blue Gulch, in roughly three days' time. In those three days, you will pass through three separate farmsteads. On the first day, you will pass through the Tumbledown farmlands. The second day, you should be passing through the Archer's farmlands, and on the third day, you should make it all the way through the Edensons into the beginnings of the foothills. And according to Marshall Forrester, you should find some very obvious signs if you are on the right track. And that includes strange weather patterns, or normal weather patterns, because what Blue Gulch experiences is strange. And those odd fires that he reported on the hills themselves. Um, is this a situation where if we're traveling through these farmsteads, we can potentially stay? Yes, uh, absolutely. Okay. That might be a good idea. Yeah. A, so we don't have to like necessarily set up camp and be vulnerable. And B, because if it's three days instead of... Two, like we thought, then yeah, we yeah. What doesn't help is that you're starting beyond noon Eight. of the first day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you pushed yourselves, you could reach the Tumbledown Farm by sunset this evening. I mean, what are we going to run into on this road? There's probably one nothing. <laughs> A fan. Not a fan. Yeah, I'm honestly not a fan either, but... Oof. I mean, it's better... It would be better to rush this part of the journey as opposed to the second half of the... That's my thinking. Yeah, okay, you've swayed me. <laughs> Mike in the corner, like... Mm. I have, that makes sense? I have no opinion on the matter. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Truly impartial. Grawl, do you think we shouldn't gallop to get there? No, because then they're going to see us coming, and then and and then they're going to double down on defenses and everything. We can rush back. The with tumble the downs. No, yeah, who knows what's there? Wasn't the lesser there last time? So well, yeah, uh, who knows what's going lesser. on now? So are you suggesting we don't even bother with the steads and instead mm. camp old school, which I'm again okay with? Because, you know, we haven't done that in a while. I'm just, I'm, I'm saying from a general, like, adventuring perspective here. This is Reed <laughs> right now. Not girl. 
um i don't know i think it's probably safer if we don't go balls to the wall right out of the gate but that's just me yeah i mean we're still a day out or two days out technically so yeah. i'm fine with anything so moving that's into what Te tears will say that like we kind of have this discussion just... and then tears is like you know what i it's fine i'm fine <laughs> i just want to get there here i'll say this on the first day if you move at a fast clip you can reach the tumble down farm by nightfall if not okay. you would have to push on into darkness to reach the farm for some semblance of safety or you could camp by the side of the road once night falls I just think if we don't have to camp, we shouldn't. I agree. Uh. Mm. <laughs> we're going to get to the farm and they're going to be like, no, you can't stay here. That's a risk I'm willing to take. Personally. Sure, friends with the tumbledowns. So chummy with what's her face. Her best, money. her best friend. Oh, oh my yeah, we did God. give them. All Are that you money. gonna be like this the whole time? <laughs> Let's go. All right, heading out of town. You are trying to get to the tumble down farm before nightfall. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. So you're pushing yourself and I'm at a... just going to say that listen to Grace as he walked <laughs> <laughs> get off camera. It's true. So, you head in a southwesterly direction. Pushing yourselves to a fast clip, you will reach the tumble-down farm by nightfall. Doing so, I cool. need you all to make perception checks as you move at disadvantage. Hooray! Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, I didn't roll oh, it in shit. the place tray. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's not bad. Uh, That's not good. Cherish is just so, like, focused on the ride and the mission and so upset about having to light a jet that she botches. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Tirza is also singular of purpose and rolls a five. Mm-hmm. How about you, Grawl? How'd you do? Uh, Grawl got a 10. <laughs> so, Grawl's up, like, you know, he's perceptive, like, hmm, that's a cool-looking cloud. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Sid got 18. Alright. <laughs> As you move in the waning hours of the afternoon and into the early evening, the sun beginning to set behind the Stormwall Mountains, Stormlights flickering through in the evening. A sharp breeze rolls up from the south. It cuts into your bones, and for the first time in weeks, you feel a shiver run down your spine, not due to some kind of malignant force, but because of sheer wind chill. There's an icy edge to that wind that is not the type of weather you have experienced here in the Dryland so far. Sid. Oh, I got that fur line collar. You see close to twilight the tumble down farm is ahead. You've been here before. 
out in the fields, you see a herd of horses being wrangled by farmhands. The ruined remains of the burnt wheat fields are being what looks like threshed and tilled. It looks like they're tilling the ash into the soil to try to make the next rotation of crops a little bit more fertile. And you notice a distinct lack of birds as you make your way into the tumble-down farm. That is what you notice with an 18, Sid. Hmm. But you make it to the tumble-down farm. When you get there, you see that Thomas Sr. and Tilda Tumbledown are there to welcome you with hospitality. They can't offer you any beds, necessarily, because most of those are taken up by farmhands or the family proper, but you can have a nice fluffy hay bale to sleep on in the barn. That sounds lovely. Yeah. yeah. We got our bed rolls, too. So, nice. Yeah, the tumbledowns are in high spirits. They didn't necessarily go to the cotillion proper, but they were up in town for the, the block party at the center of town. And mm -hmm. apparently, due to some sort of windfall that Thomas Sr. had come upon, he had gambled some of it in a game of chance, but then gotten the better of it. And Ooh. now the family is doing very well, and they're not worried at all about their burnt crops. Redistribution of wealth. <laughs> because you are staying at a farm, and their hospitality is generous... You do not have to spend any of your rations for this evening. Sweet. Ah, nice. You are sleeping out in the barn, so it is not recommended that you make any fires. Yeah. Yeah, yeah probably not. Probably yeah. for the best. But it's also probably warm-mish in the barn. It is. I'm assuming there's animals in there. Yeah. This barn in particular is for the goats and sheep. Tears are you right at home. <laughs> That was a bad, bad noise. I apologize. Do you bad keep watch? Noise. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we should yeah, probably we still should keep watch. Yeah. All right. Normal watch order? Yes. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Sid, tears a girl. Uh, Sid, cherish tears a girl? Yes. Mm -hmm. doing it? Yeah. All right. I need each of you to make perception checks. Okay. Not great. I'm for all better. Um, would that be Sid? Uh, seventeen. Seventeen. Your watch passes without incident. Can I do something on my watch? Sure. Cool. I'd like to take one of those feathers out from Cherish's pack. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> What's your sleight of hand skill? Uh, yes. plus ten. Yeah, I'm Do just. I, do... I mean, oh, he's plus ten. Yeah, I would be making it a disadvantage, so that's fine. I get nope. Yep. Roll me <laughs> a perception check at disadvantage. Double crits yeah, happen. Okay. That's so... true. Uh, little does he know that I daily inventory. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
12. Yeah, no way. <laughs> One of those rolls was a 19, Unless, though. Lisbon, roll me uh, sleight of hand if you botch. We'll see. I, I did roll a sleight of hand. I got 21. Okay, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even the 19 wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> Cher- there's like Cherish rolls over and like puts a hand on Sid's hand in the bag <laughs> and then just like just... jet and rolls <laughs> back over. Just kind of right. lift her hand off of me. There we go. Just like <laughs> plop it down on my face like <sighs> Sid, roll me an arcana roll. Okay, no more plus ten. <laughs> Not know how to work this thing. Two. Cool. <laughs> now, if you could please roll me a d six. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> Two. Cool. All right. What do you do with the feather token? Um, I focus on the picture. Of my dad. Mm-hmm. I focus on all of the details that I try to remember. I focus on, on the scar, on the slick back hair, on the on the shit-eating grin, on the pseudo-dragon. Um, just as much as possible to try and communicate. Okay, give me one second. Looking something up real quick. Mm-hmm. I thought that you were gonna like we were gonna go back to you were gonna like go back to Morgana's like later like finish all this but mm, uh, much neater thing to do with all of my stuff. <laughs> yeah, we can look through her crystal ball that she totally still has. She went to we gave she, <laughs> she went to Omen Tubs. She probably has another crystal by now. If she could afford it. You don't know. I don't. I really don't. Okay. What kind of message are you sending? Um, <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just uh, apropos of nothing. <laughs> he just, he's just like in bed somewhere like, hey, fuck you, dad. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I'm basically going to say, um, uh, Lucidian Lyodon, can you hear me? I have an important message for Lucidian Lyodon. You say that? Yes. Into the feather? Yes. And as you do, it suddenly shivers and lurches and springs from your hand flying into the sky as though it was drifting in reverse, then turns into a silvery, what looks like a dove, Hmm. and then streaks off into the night sky. Interesting. Kind of imagining that would be more instant. (laughs) Well, uh, so I'm like outside the barn at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, So since I'm already out here, I'm just going to kind of lean against the wall of the barn, kind of look out at the night sky. And that's where I'll spend the rest of my shift. Okay. Near the end of your watch, you see a silver streak returning to you. And 
that metallic-looking dove floats down just in front of you. And a voice out of it says, I'm not sure who Lucidian Lyodon is, but I think it's worth investigating. You absolute dunce! To repeat, because I think I was spoken over a little bit. I'm so sorry. Just, you dumbass. I don't know who Lucidian Lyodon is, but I think it's certainly worth investigating. Hmm. I hope you hate your dad still, because he's about to get fucked up. <laughs> and then the I don't even know if vanish. he's alive. Yeah, I don't really care. But, um... Well, you know what? Actually, this worked out better than expected, because I didn't want that fucking feather anymore <laughs> anyway. So... <sighs> hmm. <sighs> it wasn't me. Well, that was disappointing. And Sid, you will definitely recognize the voice of Dr. Phineas Finebrook coming out of that bird. Other than that, your watch passes uneventfully. Yeah, well. Do you have anything to say when you wake me up? Nope. Okay. Uh, best friends, you have no idea. Cherish, yep. Tirza, Grawl, anything you wanted to do yeah. uh, this evening? Or can we just roll down your perception checks? Nope. Okay. Oh, yeah. I wanted to go and like steal some things from Sid. <laughs> <laughs> Such as? <laughs> His <perception> life! <laughs> no. Uh... <laughs> I have five. Cool. Your watch passes uneventfully. Cool. Kirza? I I also got a 17. All right. Watch is uneventful. The night is clear and crisp. It is very cold, though you've experienced that the nights in the drylands are pretty damn cold. But other than that, your watch passes uneventfully. Grawl? Uh, <laughs> I got a 12. All right. Your watch is fine, but I do have an important question for you prior to your watch. Mm-hmm. You have the option every night to n- attempt to access the Dreamlands now. Yes. This is what I was going to ask her if I could do or not. <laughs> do you want to do that this evening? Hell yeah. Okay. Before someone's trying to murk me. Yeah. Now, to avoid derailing the episode every time y'all mm-hmm. go to sleep with Grawl's Dream Corner. <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. Next episode, Grawl's Dream Corner. You need to Corner. make a theme theme song. I need you to roll me a D12. Let okay. me... If you roll a 8 through 12 in broad mm-hmm. strokes, you can basically accomplish what you want in the dreamlands on a three through seven you get mired in the strangeness of that place and nothing is really accomplished let me roll if you let me know if you roll a one or two (laughs) 
Mm, party dice activate. That's a five. Okay. You get caught in the endless Escher-esque stairways of the Dreamlands. You're finding entrances and exits to places that you couldn't have even dreamed of. Here and there, you are tempted by places. You see a pitted landscape colored strange, vibrant blues and yellows. You see a rolling field of dark blue grass dotted with what looks like wicker boxes. You see eyes and fingers sticking out of the wicker here and there. I don't like that. You'll at all. see a mountainside with what looks like a giant embedded in the stone, its face hanging limp, its eyes staring at nothing, the back of its skull broken open and exposed to show this huge spiraling tower that goes infinitely upwards into a purple sky. That's pretty cool. But you don't necessarily accomplish anything during your dreams. Mm. Always when you start this process, though, you find yourself hovering just behind a dream self. It's only with conscious effort can you collapse the dream self and you into a singular being. Okay. But you wake up, and your watch passes uneventfully. Okay. The next morning, Alrighty, what time do you set out? Early. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of pace do you set for the day? So if we go normal pace, can we make it to the archer farm sooner than we made it to the tumbledown farm? You could probably get there by late afternoon. Okay, yeah. I'm much more comfortable setting a normal pace today. Yeah. Okay. Proceeding southward. Southwest, I should say. You are all setting a, a rather sedate pace. You're at a, a, a light canter. You're moving at decent speed, but you're not just like plodding along the trail. As you move, you begin feeling that cold wind more and more. There's a, a frigid nature to the air. It seems the farther south and west you travel, the closer it gets to actually feeling like winter. Mm -hmm. Towards midday, when you stop to take a break, stretch your legs, maybe get a bite to eat. This day, you will you will have to spend a day's worth of rations, because the only meals you will have had are the ones in your own packs, or one provided to you by at the very end of the day. So breakfast and lunch are taken out of your rations, which will get rid of a day's worth. I need everyone to give me perception checks as you're moving. A different day. Son of a bitch. No. It's another five for me. Could be worse. Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Growl botched, I'm assuming? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he falls off his horse. <laughs> That's a one. That's a, a cool five. cloud. 
Uh, I got 18. 18. And I got a natural 20. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, shit. Sid, Tirza, as you're mounting back up after your break in the middle of the day, you're moving through these wide open prairies. There's maybe a slight slope to a hill every once in a while, and you stopped here at the bottom of one such hill. It slopes for probably a good mile before it gets to its actual peak, just to the east of you. And as you watch, you see the silhouette of a horse clopping to the top of that hill. Hmm. Doesn't have anyone mounted atop it. Sid, it doesn't seem strange to you at all. Just a horse out in the middle of a field somewhere. Whatever. You're in the middle of a prairie. Mm. That might not be odd. Yeah. How would you know, city slicker? It's <laughs> <laughs> my assumption. <laughs> ah, the countryside where the horses live. <laughs> Tirza. As you watch it, you see that its head turns slightly. And there's a very odd moment where you can see the sky behind it as the holes in its skull are revealed. And as the skeletal horse stares at you for a long moment, you just look on in horror as it shakes itself with a rattle of distant bones that drift on the wind, and then clops away, disappearing behind the slant of the hill. Yes, yes Tirza? Um... <laughs> For all of our audio listeners, I <laughs> raised my hand as a goof. It's uh, in character now. Yeah, I sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, that's did. Did anybody see that? It was a horse. It was a skeleton. What? It was a, uh, a skeletal horse. What? There, there was a horse on the hill, and it was skeletal. Grawl, Cherish, you turn, and there's no horse in the hill, though Sid is nodding like, yeah, there was a horse. I mean, there was a horse, but I couldn't make out specifically what kind of horse. Did it like, look like it saw us? It, it did, right? It did, yeah. It's really, it's, it was a long ways away, and it. Tirza, you don't think it had any eyes, so it's really tough I'm, to say what it saw. And also, and and right, okay, I'm gonna go based on what Tirza's interpretation of this would be, which is yes, it did. Mm -hmm. Should we check it out, or I? I mean, maybe it's a scout. That's sort of what I'm thinking as well. Yeah. So we don't have the element of surprise. It didn't seem to be moving very quickly. Sort of just trotted down the other side of the hill. If you were quick about it, you might be able to get up to the top of the hill and see. Or you yeah, could I mean, keep pressing I on. Think that's, I think that's a great idea. Wait, it's not in the direction that we're heading? No. It appeared to the east. You were heading in a southwesterly direction. 
Oh, oh, that's not good. I don't know what that means, but I don't think that's good either. Yeah. I, I think we should press on, but be cautious. You don't want to check out the skeletal horse? I mean... Don't get me wrong, I definitely want to go check out the skeletal horse, but I, we have rather maybe more important things to be worried about. God, more important than a skeletal horse. Right? Like, <laughs> our priorities are whack right now. <sighs> and, like, not through any fault of our own. <laughs> oh, boy. So you press I don't on know. I mean, it could be related to our problem, even though it's not specifically in the direction we're going. I mean, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go let's right up to the top of the hill and see. Okay. I. This is making me. I. <laughs> can we? Can we stop before the hill? Um, stopping before the hill is stopping where you are right now. How how high up is the hill? The hill gently slopes upward, and eventually it'll probably rise to about 75 feet up in terms of elevation from where you are now, but that slope happens over the course of hundreds of feet. Okay. So, like, trying to, like, sneak up onto, onto the top of the hill is not necessarily, like, that would take a while. Probably, There's also no cover. Yeah. How how tall is the grass? Knee height in some places, but it's scrubby. It's prairie land. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. We should just ride over. I say we just go up and see yeah. what the heck it's doing. Yeah, dude. Riding up to the top <laughs> of the hill, <laughs> you all brace yourself for whatever sight might be waiting for you. Uh-huh. And when you get to the top of the hill... Windswept prairie, and scattered along the downward slope of the hill, you see the scattered bones of a horse. Its bleached skull whistling slightly in the wind. Oh, super cool, super creepy. Yeah. Oh, let's go. Uh, can we go now? Yeah, oh, let's go. Let's shower. Yep. All right, fine. You turn away. Can we do the uh, haunted house episode where all of us are just like, nope, I'm not going in there. <laughs> we did the haunted house episode. It was the dock. <laughs> I guess we technically haven't done that yet. As you turn away, that chill wind kicks up at the top of the hill. And there's a low whistling moan that blows through the empty bones of the horse. as you ride back down towards the road. And I think it is there that we are going to take our break. <laughs> cool. Awesome. <laughs> and when we return, <laughs> we shall continue the rest of your journey into the unknown south. Ooh. Greetings, my friends. I am Omatep Duskwalker, owner and proprietor of Duskwalker Import and Export TM, here today to talk to you about a very dreadful topic. The undead. Did you know that the undead come in all sorts of shapes and sizes and, you know, viscosities? 
Now, when most people think undead, they just think they're lurching zombies, hands upraised, stumbling towards you, very susceptible to a shovel or a sword or flaming arrows or all sorts of things. Zombies kind of suck overall. But there are many, many types of undead, not all of which can be dealt with a firm shovel straight to the neck. For instance, did you know that the Will-o'-the-Wisp is technically a type of undead? It's true. These little floating balls of light just love luring people out into dark stretches of wilderness or into deep caverns and then sucking the life out of them. It is really awful, considering how pretty they are. And then there are creatures like ghouls. Upon first inspection, you may think that they are not that much different than a zombie. But then the huge slathering tongue comes out of their mouth and you're all like, Ugh! Also the fact that they only eat dead, decomposing corpses. You might think, oh, well then I'm safe. But unfortunately, your average ghoul knows that you are just one paralyzing touch and a bunch of claws away from being one of those decomposing corpses. The real tricky part, my friends, is figuring out where these undead come from. Sometimes it is just as simple as a necromancer, some kind of loser wannabe wizard who needs some more friends and can only manage to do it with corpses. Other times, weird nexuses of mystic energy will create huge diffusions of, well, walking corpses. And from there, it only gets crazier. Angry gods, spirits of vengeance. Sometimes someone dies so angry that they just do not leave their body. That's how you get something like a revenant. There are so many types of undead, it would take forever for me to list them all. Let us just pray that you will not have to use any of this information any time soon. Anyway, let's get you back to the action. And welcome back to Material Components. When last we left our heroes, they had headed out to the southwest from Blue Gulch, striking out bereft of allies, but full of a need to get shit done. They'd gotten supplies, they'd struck out, and on the first day of their journey, nothing happened. On the second Ooh. day of their journey, though, they saw a spooky horse. I, I mean, I saw a spooky horse. That's true. <laughs> Only I will have nightmares about the spooky horse. You can have I nightmares about other stuff, I'll trade you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you'd be making out the better on that deal. So, yeah. continuing after seeing the empty bones of the horse rattled out across the hillside, you continue striking in a southwesterly direction, making for the Archer Farmstead. The rest of the day passes fairly uneventfully. Hmm. The cold right. wind from the south grows sharper and more noticeable. The regular temperature of the drylands dipping precipitously. When you make it to the Archer Farm, you can see that several carts are organized in a way that makes you think that they were unloading supplies just recently outside of their main barn. You can see farmhands moving around. The Archer Farmstead is primarily focused on orchards, so there's almost a, a copse of forest here that blocks the horizon line that you can see. The road continues in a southwesterly direction, heading towards the Ettenson farmstead, but here at least there is a tranquil little grove. There's apple trees, there are 
pear trees, cherry trees, all manner of fruit-bearing trees that stretch out in miles in every direction. But you get there before sunset. Hey. Uh, are we met with the same kind of hospitality? or Absolutely. Malachi Archer is the patriarch of the family and will welcome you, though as a little, like, questions are asked, as opposed to the tumble down farmstead who just like, yeah, welcome, how's it going? We're doing great. Somehow we're flush with money. <laughs> yeah. Flush <laughs> with cash. <laughs> the archers are a bit more just like, oh, you're a little out of the way. What brings you down here? They're definitely asking oh. questions, and I don't know if you're necessarily willing to answer them. Well, they, like, the archers were at the cotillion, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, Malachi Archer specifically got a brand new wheelbarrow, or a refurbished yeah. wheelbarrow. Refurbished, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Cherish is going to say, like, well, with regards to Danjo's cons uh, comments, uh, we're investigating those issues. Uh, Felix Archer, who is Malachi's oldest son, will show you around to some of the places that Danjo might have spoken of. He says that the land has become a little colder of late. The, the crop mm -hmm. yield isn't as what it might be. And he'll bring you over to a section of dirt not far from the main farmhouse where they've dug down by about three feet. And you can see uh, it's about that deep that you hit this just layer of permafrost. It's not ice, but it's blackened, frosty earth. Weird. Um, can I make an arcana check? Sure. With advantage. Ooh. Twenty-one. This is really weird. It shouldn't be here. Yeah, okay. You've never seen terrain like this before especially not buried under three feet of normal-looking soil. Yeah. They said uh. they grew suspicious when the w a couple of the wells started having ice in them. Olivia, you were going to say something? Uh, yeah. I don't know that this would... Um, I don't know that this will do anything, but... Um, my divine sense can detect, like, desecrated space. Um, so, I mean, I'll just, I'll use it, and if nothing happens, nothing happens. Okay. Using your divine also, sense... Also, Celestial's fiends are undead. Yes, well, there is at least one fiend. Well, here is fiendish. <laughs> yeah. You don't necessarily sense any desecrated earth, but you do sense evil coming from the ground. And you get that same whiff of freezer burn that is slightly familiar. Um, yep. It's um, weird. It's vaguely cool, cool, cool. what Cherish interprets as. Yeah. It's smelly. Of course the ground can be it's, it's only slight. It's not like overwhelming evil coming up from the earth, but it's just like, yeah, whatever is causing this 
permafrost here is not good. Uh, what what do you share with the class? Maybe uh, not uh, while we're with Felix, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has a right to know if his ground is evil. <laughs> you hey, think he's going to be like... Spooky. You got spooky grounds here. Okay. Yeah, spooky. I mean... You got hey, ghosts you know in your this, ground. This permafrost, I know it's bad, but did you know it's also evil? <laughs> did you know it's spooky? <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything to share besides the fact that it's spook that it's not okay. good. Um, okay, that's all I was wondering. Yeah, uh, and I, I think, like, should we ask him about? Are there undead horses running around here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly, Felix, Felix, have you seen anything unusual around these uh, parts? Re, in- this, uh, like re. Uh, undead spooky horses. Let's if, start with if, unusual. If we're doing a scene, we're doing a scene. If you want bullet points, we'll do bullet points. I won't do both at the same time. So what are we doing? Uh, scene is fine. Okay. Yes, so, so Sid asks if Felix Archer has seen anything unusual. Yeah. And the eldest Archer boy will say, well, sad from the ground getting all frozen, though. When figuring it is winter after all, maybe this is just something about the magic around these parts starting to fade a little bit. But, uh, I don't know about unusual. A couple of the farmhands been spooked last couple of nights, seeing lights out in the orchards. Can you point out what direction they saw those? And he'll point you in a westerly direction towards the, the apple orchard. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, well, other than that, we've had some livestock go missing. Nothing too major. We don't do much of the herd trade down here, but chickens, pigs. Is there any trace of them left? Well, we, we'd figured it was a fox or a wolf or something, but we did find an awful mess out in the chicken coop a couple days back. Hmm. Not much left of the chicken other than feathers and blood, though. I assume you cleaned up af- afterward? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, thought it was a fox. Now, could not so sure. Could be. Um, how often do you see those lights? Oh, I ain't never seen any of them. It's uh, been some of the farmhands. Oh, okay. Uh, I think... Rachel or Blake said they'd seen some? Okay. Rachel's my older sister. Uh, would you mind um, pointing us in a direction? We, we'd like to talk to talk to them as well, just to get as much information as we can. Well, they're probably over at the storage barn or up at the house. Great. Thank you. And, and Mike, you said Rachel and, and what's the other name? Blake. Rachel Blake. and Blake. Balake. How the Archer compound is set up is the the main house is huge. It's almost as probably rivals the size of the mayor's mansion. 
but that seems to be because most of the archer farmhands consist of family and extended family. Ah. So as opposed mm. to some of the other steads that are around here that have like a family house and then a bunkhouse for the farmhands, this is primarily a compound of archers here. Do any of them know how to use a bow? You have no idea. <laughs> okay, great. Cool. I just want to get that out there. <laughs> So where do you go? Uh, I assume we're going to talk to Rachel and or Blake. Yeah. I mean. Okay. So you go searching around for them. Yeah. Eventually you find them both over at the main barn. They are helping organize the stuff that was brought back from town. It's mostly farming supplies, stuff that they can't necessarily produce here on the farm, but they have to buy up in town and they use the cotillion as an excuse to go on a supply run. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Rachel is an older woman of a, a stockier build. She's probably in her like mid to late thirties. And uh, Blake is her wife who is also like of a similar build who, and they're like helping organize and set aside supplies and like, Okay, the new plow's going over here, and yeah, yeah, don't touch the wheelbarrow. It's very sentimental to Dad. Um, <laughs> but uh, of the people you've seen, these two seem to be taking charge of the farm. Malachi may be the patriarch and, like, kind of is reaping the fruits of his labors in his old age. But Rachel and Blake are the two who are sort of running things and seem to be the inheritors of the Archer farmlands eventually. Um, Sid, do you want to keep taking the reins on this or? I mean, if you know, if you know them at all, you know, that might be a good question. I'm not sure if I would have run into them very much. I mean, you'd be like vaguely aware of them and this whole scenario that I just described. But for the most part, there's such an age difference between the two of you. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and before we walk up, were we planning on, on staying, like, we were planning on staying here as well. Is that, is that, is that correct? If they'll have us. Yeah. yeah. Malachi has already said that you're welcome to stay, uh, out in the barn. Great. Cool. Just want to make sure. Barn, barn. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I guess we, we walk up, um, okay. sort of give them a wave as we're coming out. Yeah. Rachel will turn as she's commanding what looks like maybe uh one of her little siblings to like or possibly uh like nephews to push some grain sacks over to a corner to make room for this new like tilling thing that they've got and uh she'll see you approach and nod towards cherish but then give the rest of you an appraising look uh Sorry to interrupt. Um, we're uh, just talked to Malachi. We're going to be staying in the barn for the night. We're heading through. I I was wondering um, if I could ask the two of you a couple of questions really quick, if that's okay. And I'll exchange a look. And Rachel is more of the the stockier of the two, and Blake is more willowy. She's uh, definitely has more of an eye for kind of the numbers she's got a ledger in one hand and she's tallying off the stuff that they're bringing in and uh, making sure that all the supplies are 
being accounted for, whereas Blake's, like, definitely lending more of a strong shoulder to some of this stuff. So, uh, Rachel will say, uh, if you can help me lift, I got time to talk. Uh, okay. <laughs> I can do that. That's, that's pretty much all, all I'm here for. <laughs> all right. So you help her moving around some heavy farm equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you do that, she's willing to talk to you. Great. Um, Blake is sort of off to the side and she'll comment if she's needed. Who are so, we just talking to? We were just talking to Felix. Felix, God, but the name just went right out of my brain. Um, yeah. The reason why I wrote it down. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> I would have immediately. Um, yeah, so uh, we were just talking to Felix. Uh, he mentioned that uh, you and Blake have seen lights over by the aperture. Is that correct? kind of bonfires or something uh rachel just snort and say ah one of the kids sneaking out at night i'm sure and blake will shake her head and say i don't know about that but yeah probably how how often have you seen excuse me seen that oh i've only seen it the once says blake and rachel will say i've seen it a couple of times a couple of times but not like super frequently. Like I said, probably just kids sneaking out at night. When is the most recent time you, you've seen it? And Blake will say, well, we were up at the cotillion last about four days. So I don't know, maybe a week ago. A week ago. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rachel will say, I think I saw one the night before we left. I figured it was just Amy Marie sneaking out again. And Mike, how many how many days ago would, would that have been? What the week or the the most the one that uh, Blake just mentioned? The one that Rachel just mentioned? What, or Rachel they saw just, mentioned. just before they left, probably about yeah. five days ago. Interesting. Whereas a week ago would have been ten days ago. Right. So five days ago. Okay. Um. Yeah, Felix also mentioned you had livestock that was uh eaten recently um just wondered if there's anything unusual about that i rachel will shoot you a look and say i don't know about eaten but they were certainly killed certainly killed um usually when and... something gets hit they they pick at the carcass they leave it behind they don't just kill it well, they don't drain it of blood There's a lot there of any... and there was only one chicken missing, so whatever got into it just wrung it out. Were there any bite marks? We didn't no find a corpse. Yeah. yeah, the chicken was gone. Uh, so maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Fair enough. Hmm. That is unusual. Give me a persuasion roll. Mm-hmm. Good I'll say I'll give you advantage because Tears is helping lift stuff. I was stuff. just about to say. Uh, 26. <laughs> Blake will speak up and she sort of like closed her ledger and is clutching it a little bit and she'll say uh, there, there was all that business down at the Ettenson farm, too. 
the Edinson farm. Yeah. But they got herds down there. Auroxes, horses. Mm-hmm. Whole bunch of alpaca. Hey, uh... About a week back, they found a whole head of aurochs just butchered. Cut up, dead, scattered across the field. Ain't nothing picked at them, but they was dead all the same. Mm -hmm. Hmm. How long ago was this? About two weeks. Interesting. Um, mm. And this is either a question for, for Cherish or, or even um, Blake, but uh, how far away is the Ed Edinson farm from here? It's like another day, right? Uh, you should get to that farmstead by noon tomorrow if you're moving at a medium clip. Okay. okay. I guess we'll check that out too. The foothills yeah, beyond that are about the day away. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. We're heading that way tomorrow, so we'll ask them about that. Yeah, they if you left right now and pushed through the night, you might actually even catch up with them. They were not that far ahead of us. And you can tell based on how they've been unloading all of this stuff that they just got back to their farm probably mm -hmm. earlier today. You weren't that far behind them. Okay, yeah, that's we will maybe something we'll consider. Um, does anything else? Is anything else leaping out at you that is unusual? Rachel, like, settle this big threshing equipment with tears and turn to you, wipe her hands off, and say, "I'm just curious why you're all poking in around this stuff." Mayor sent well, some marshals down. You working for the? Working for the Haven Guard now? We are working with the Haven Guard. Though not, yes. That, though not yeah. official members, but yeah. Yeah. We Yes, we haven't been deputized or anything. Hmm. All right. And they, they came in recently, uh, you, you said? Interesting. Well, old Pete said Marshall Forrester popped in two days ago while we were up at the cotillion. Old Pete's the head of the farmhands who ain't family. Mm. Yes, we did speak to Marshall Forrester. He, he's he already been say, through? Didn't he say he was going to do that, though? Just sorry, out of character. I don't right. remember. I thought he said he was going to do that. He... Uh, I can't remember specifically, but he definitely said he was going to be investigating it. I don't know if he gave a time frame. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Well, we could talk to old Pete really quick. That's true. Uh, where where would we find uh, old Pete? Yeah, well, old Pete's probably over at the bunkhouse. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time. Sorry to interrupt, but uh, yeah. it's very helpful.
Technically, we didn't interrupt. I helped. That's true. <laughs> Which That's is why they point. were so accommodating. <laughs> yeah. So you want to go track down old Pete now? Yeah. Okay. It is pushing towards evening now. The stormlights are flickering in their weird multicolor way through the leaves of the orchards, making for strange shadows among the trees. As you make your way to the long bunkhouse that accommodates the non-family members of the archers, you see that cool. there's a man who is mostly elbows and knees sitting on a rocking chair. A uh, patchy, wispy white strands of beard and mustache coming off of his face in uh, a way that suggests that he is carefully tended to it, but only so far as like there is still hair remaining. It's just wispy little fragments that he's taking very careful care not to spoil. <laughs> and he's got this big brown jug sitting next to him on the uh, the porch of this long house. He sees you approach and he gives you a, a squinty eye and then <laughs> spits out into the dirt a little bit. That's lovely. Big brown glob of something goes splattering off into the dirt. Cool. <laughs> uh, hello. You must be old Pete? Mine old! Okay. Just oh. Pete, then. <laughs> I... <laughs> I guess, you must uh, have been mistaken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess Rachel and, and must have been mistaken. That's young, young Pete. <laughs> you call me Mr. Pete! Uh, of course, Mr. Pete. Um... Hmm. Do you have time to talk a little bit? With likes of you, probably not. That probably one, not. and they'll like chin over to Tirza, the respectful one. That is the one I talk to. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I sort of push Tirza forward. Cherish uh, is definitely <laughs> chuckling. What am I asking? Uh, I. This is Olivia also asking because I was. You should ask him about his conversation with Marshall Forrester. Oh, yes, right. Marshall Forrester. Uh, uh, we heard that um, one of our friends, uh, Haven Guard, had been through a couple, day couple days ago. Marshall mm -hmm. Forrester. Mm, yeah, Forrester boy passed through here not two days ago. Did he... Did he tell you anything? What direction he was headed, or... Heading southwest towards the Ethans instead. Passed through here, just stopped for the night. Quick bite. I asked him why I wasn't up at the Cotillion, but said he had business down with the Ettensons. Didn't make much I mean, sense to me. Ettensons were up at the Cotillion. And he was by himself? Well, him and his little looky-loo. <laughs> You should you should ask him if he knows if anybody was at the Ettenson's dead at the Cotill during the Cotillion. Yeah, did uh, Tirza like? I'm assuming that wasn't very subtle, but Tirza's like, oh yes, I've just occurred. This has just occurred to me. <laughs> did did anybody stay at the Ettenson's dead like like you did during the Cotillion? Well, I don't know, stay, because I can't quite make the trip any longer. Don't know why. 
and he's perfectly functional, as is clear evidence, and he's just, like, never moving out of the rocking chair. Well, <laughs> well, someone has to stay to hold down the fort. I completely understand. That's right. Someone's gotta stay, look after things. Who's gonna do it besides Pete? Hmm? Don't know. Anyway. Does, does anybody do that down at the Edens instead? Well, they might have left their oldest, Aeson. Um, anything else? (laughs) (laughs) I got nothing else. They're just like, I, God, I hope his hearing is really bad because I'm assuming they're just whispering right (laughs) here. (laughs) What? What did he say? Yeah. Well, thank you for your time, Pete. Uh, we, We really appreciated it. It's super helpful. You're welcome. You best teach your friend there some manners. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Yeah. Do you have any other questions for any members of the Archer Farmstead? Would you like to press into the evening? Go, go, go. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. All right. We can make it there by nightfall, you said. Do you oh do you want to actually oh. leave the Archer Farmstead? I was asking if you wanted to just like s- yeah that's s- sleep here. Yeah, that's what I was first assuming, but um, yeah. I mean, did Rachel and did Rachel, Rachel and Blake said if we say if we pushed forward, we could we oh could no tomorrow we could connect, yeah. catch up with them. Okay, yeah, okay. okay. No, they seem to be implying that if you pushed straight from here, you might be catching the Edensons before they even hit their farm. Because presumably yeah. they're oh. going to be camping out tonight. We could do that. Kind of, kind of, kind of rude to, to show up at someone's place like, hey, can we stay with you for the night or whatever before they even get there? I don't know. I, that's just me. It's not very good manners. Well, I don't think we'd I mean, stay at their place without them. I think the idea is we would catch up with them specifically travel the rest of the way, way with them. Right, but you would be coming upon them in the middle of the night, is I guess my point. Yeah. 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 So we'd probably all still be asleep. <laughs> we just show up in their midst when they wake up. We should just set up our tent like right next to their tent and without trying to wake them up. I think that would be <laughs> great. Bad. Can you bad imagine idea. the freak out in the morning? I don't think, no. No, bad ideas. All of it. No, we'll set up a tent so our entrance is facing their entrance. (laughs) So it's like one big tent. (laughs) We could also stay here and, you know, try to catch these light thingies happening. True. That's a good point. Gosh, we should have taken more of that Maximilio potion. I could have been a a bait sheep. Sorry, you were talking over each other there just now. Oh, I was just making a joke about being a bait sheep using oh, one of Maximilio's <laughs> potions. Then you'd probably be a dead sheep. That would be bad. <laughs> That's the joke we keep making. Um, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Never gets old. Hey. <laughs> there's water in the well. Uh, apparently there is ice. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I'm patient. Ice will melt. <laughs> So you stay at the archer farm for the evening? Yes. Yeah. All right. I assume so. Yeah. Similar situation. You're sleeping in the barn yet again. 
Mm-hmm. This one seems to be more of a storage barn, less of a livestock barn, full of fruit crates and farm supplies. Lots of big jagged saws for trimming branches and things like that. Watch order the same? Or are you yes. even bothering yeah. to keep watch? Okay. Need everyone to Roll give me structure. perception rolls. That's fucking god. That's not great. I didn't get a five this time. I got a four. Even better. <laughs> yeah. I wish I didn't waste my net twenty on this, but uh, twenty-eight. Cool. Nice. Uh, sixteen. Sixteen. Also sixteen. Excellent. Grawl, are you attempting to access the dreamlands yet again? Hell yeah. Roll me that d12, my friend. Uh, 11. 11, all right. So, you may procure some useful bit of information from your wanderings in the dreamlands. You may essentially cast the augury spell. Okay. If you know what that does. No. Okay. So how augury works is you may focus on some kind of course of action or specific thing, and Mm -hmm. you will get a response that is good, bad, good and bad, or nothing, a neutral response. Essentially, you can get four responses. Okay. And it can be anything I want? Yep. Like, even like... uh, hmm. Okay. Interesting. Uh, The skeleton horse. Bad. Obvious. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, That's it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can only Great. cast it the one time yeah. per night. Mm-hmm. Oh, hmm. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Good. What else do you want from me, guys? I'm sorry. It's, this is it's new fine. to me. Cherish. Yes. During your watch, are you staying inside the barn? Going outside? What are you doing? Uh, probably outside. Okay. Outside, you stand in the dead of night. It is bitterly cold. You feel the need to bust out your winter clothing at this point. It's oh yeah, that chilly. The nights before have been like really cool but dry. Now there's a not a dampness, but there's that cold, slightly moisture laden air, like when you're up on a mountain. It's blowing through the trees here. The boughs creak. The leaves rustle in the night air. Above you, starlight twinkles down. The moons are both near new at this point. Just slight slivers in the sky. And out among the trees, you see a bobbing light as though a lantern is moving through the trees in the distance. Oh, shit. 
I'm going to wake up Tirza. Okay. Go back inside the barn, wake up Tirza. Yeah. What? What's going on? Hey, it's not time for your watch yet, but I there's one of the lights in the orchard. Should we go? Do you want to see what it, it is? Yeah. Let's do it. Going outside, Tears of you also mark the cold. As you come out, stare out into the trees where you'd seen the light before, it doesn't seem to be there anymore. Damn it. Should we go... Give me perception checks, the two of you. I need a different dice. It's an eleven, so it's marginally better. Seventeen. God. Cherish, it appears as though it's gone, and you let out a sigh of frustration. Tirza, you can look deeper into the trees, and you can just see a bobbing light moving through the trunks. There is something out there, but it's distant now. It's it's still there. It's just farther away. Should we... I don't know if we have time to wake the others if we don't... You know, we might miss it. Oh, we woke up the only person without dark vision. Fuck. Okay, um... It's probably why I can see it. <laughs> okay, like, we'll go. Just be careful. And hold on to me. I would okay. cast light on something on you, but I'm not going to spook yeah. it. You strike off into the woods? I mean, mm -hmm. woods is a... The orchard, bad yeah. Term. yeah. Yeah. It is a lot of trees, but they are road and ordered. Yeah. Moving um, off beneath those trees, though, is what you do. Elliot? Yeah. Let's fucking go, man. All right. <laughs> Moving out into the apple orchard, you find your feet crunching on grass that has become slightly brittle as the evening condensation has not totally frozen, but definitely begun to crystallize in the very cool night air. You are probably approaching, if not past midnight at this point, tough to say precisely. As you move, Tirza, you are awkwardly guiding this procession because you can keep an eye on that dancing light that seems to be getting farther and farther away. It is just a distant glimmer of bobbing as though someone is moving quickly through the trees. You're going to lose it if you don't pick up the pace. What do you do? We we have to hurry. I'm I'm losing it. I can barely see it anymore. Okay. Start hustling? Yeah. All right. Is there a way that we can move uh, quickly that is also quiet? I will need you to give me a survival check. Okay. Oh. I am bad at that. Not Cherith, just Tirza. Okay. Oh. Because Tirza is leading the way. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Thank you, Dice Gods. Um, that is not a nat 20, but it is an 18. 
All right. Moving quickly through the darkened trees. Helps that I'm not wearing armor. (laughs) (laughs) You avoid large gnarled roots and upturned stones. The ground here would be treacherous in the dark, but you seem to always find the best footfalls. Quickening your pace, you wind your way through the trees, their branches creaking in the wind, the leaves rustling with a dull susurrus, a as the wind subsides and gets stronger in waves. You quickly begin to gain on the bobbing light. You see that it breaks to the other side of the trees. You've gone maybe a hundred, two hundred feet now. The farmhouse is a distant thing behind you. The low lights of the bunkhouse totally gone. The only lights out here are those of the stars that occasionally break through the reaching branches of the trees. As you come out onto the other side of the orchard, suddenly find yourself exposed to open prairie lands beyond this cultivated copse of trees. And there is a single light, not 50 feet away, dangling out in the open in a lantern that is held by no one. Um, can, I, can I make an arcana check? Sure. Twenty-two. There are stories of ghost lights, will-o'-the-wisps, strange orbs, spectral energies that are exuded from the ethereal plane or conjured by necromancy. Heck, there are even certain magical effects that can replicate this sort of thing. Dancing lights is a very common spell among magic users. Hmm? What you're seeing here could be any number of things. But as you look at it, you can see that there is a spectral nature to the lantern itself. You've okay. never heard of anything like a ghost object before. Yeah. But whatever it is, you don't think it's good. Yeah. Oh, son. Can I use Divine Sense again? Sure. What's the range on Divine Sense? 60 feet. All right. Yeah. Nice. You detect an undead presence 50 feet away from you. Um, it... I am allowed to know the type, I'm pretty sure. Undead. Uh, uh, oh, I thought it made... I thought it was more, uh... More explicit than that. Just kidding. Alright. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. I don't know all the paladin things. Um... Uh, okay. Um... Oh, jeez. Sorry, I'm just I'm just sure. double checking. Divine because... sense. Um, you know the type. 
of the creature prison, but not its identity. Um, so, yeah, you know, Celestial Fiend or Undead. Oh, okay, cool. It's the 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 presence of the the vampire count Strahd von Zarovich, for instance, in the player handbook always gets me because it. I always think like, oh, I know it's a vampire. I just don't know it's that one. <laughs> I don't know why that particular vampire would come up at a time like this. I really don't. I but don't either. Yeah. It's weird. It's I don't know. It, it's a mystery. <laughs> it is. But yes, you know that it is an undead thing in front of you, and it's not moving anymore. It is slightly bobbing in the wind. And the wind has died for the moment. There's a slight breeze, but it's not kicking up and causing the branches behind you to creak or the leaves to rustle. There's a stillness as the lamp just bobs in front of you. Do we do, we do anything? Do we... And as you start to talk, it vanishes. Oh, that's probably the best, the best outcome we could have hoped for, honestly. Yeah. Knowing our luck. Well, we learned some things. Um, it's time to go was... back to bed. Yeah, and I will. I will tell Cherish obviously on the way back that that was undead, and yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and I will cast light on your shield so that I don't have my to... shield with me. I didn't take anything, Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I'll cast it on your shirt. <laughs> Where do you do this? At the edge of the... Just under... Like, we start walking back. Okay. As you're beginning to get back underneath the shade of the trees, you cast light on Tears' shirt. And for a sudden, horrifying moment, you all see... Dozens of tiny little figures crawling along the edges of trees, up and down branches. Their heads all suddenly snap towards you, and these pale green eyes all staring at you. And then they start to chitter and scramble away into the darkness underneath the trees. I am assuming you extinguish that. Cherish jumps into Tears' arms, all the Scooby-Doo. Um... <laughs> Even as you That's... watch, they scramble away, disappearing into the darkness. Um, no, I don't do, extinguish it. Do they look? Do they look spectral or ethereal, like the lantern did? Spindly, long is how you describe them. Their faces twig-like. Their features warped like broken sticks. Their muscles wrapped in weird bark-like flesh. Dead leaves dangle from their joints and around their faces. One more question, and then I'm going to make a move. How fast are they going? Really fast. And in every direction. Away from the light. Mm, okay. Yeah, let's... Uh, I was going to see if I could try to get one, but if they're moving really fast, then I doubt I could. Much faster than a human carrying a tiefling can move. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I'm gonna put Cherish down, so and then uh, we will <laughs> we will quick walk back to. And as you move back underneath the trees of the orchard, 
the wind will kick up again, branches creaking, leaves shuddering in the night. Every movement in the darkness is now suspect, every sound the beginning of something creeping up near you. Is the shift in the shadow of starlight merely a branch shifting in the wind? Or is it some strange arboreal creature watching you as you move? Getting back into the farmstead proper, you let out breaths of relief. Moving back towards the barn, you find your friends unmolested in the night, having abandoned them for a short time. No one to watch us. We could be super dead right now. Phineas Finebrook is always watching over you, Grawl. Nuh-uh. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> the rest of your I watch guess. passes I'm uneventfully. Gonna, I'm going to keep the rest of my... I'm going to do the rest of my watch in summer. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> um, during my watch, you know, Tirza is not the most studious of people, but she did spend a whole year in in the Eastwood, like learning about hunting weird things. Do mm. I have any recollection of just like anything that sounded like this? I would need a nature roll. I'm not good at that, though. That's nice. <laughs> uh, ten. There are all manner of stories in the Eastwood about weird plant creatures. Some of them are manipulated by the Fae. Some of them occur naturally. Some of them are produced via odd corruptions in the forest. There are talks of whole mounds of plant matter that just spontaneously come to life and consume the flesh of the living. But if any of that applies here, you're not sure. Yeah. Alright. I don't think I go back to sleep for the rest of Cherish's watch. I probably just stay up because it's creepy. Okay. There wasn't that much left anyway, so. Yeah. But the rest of your watch passes uneventfully, Tirza. The night is cold, windy. Your eyes can't help but linger on the shadows beneath the trees. There's slight shift in the wind. Maybe you see a set of green eyes in one of those shadows? Maybe not. Yeah, I mean, I have my warhammer and shields, so... I'll probably be fine. <clears throat> Eventually you pass the watch off to Grawl. Grawl, you awaken with the sense that you learned something of use in the dreamlands. You saw your dream self moving through a marketplace in some strange city. In the distance there was a ziggurat made of black obsidian stone. 
the marketplace was full of shouting people, strange bestial men with dog-like faces, many of those lumpy pink potato people. There were cats everywhere, and strange creatures that you don't have words for, creatures of protuberances and pseudopods, creatures that defied basic locomotion and yet were moving among these crowds. Lovely. Terrific. And at some it. point, your dream self was asking about skeletal horses, and a large insectoid creature with these clacking tendrils and large snipping claws said, Oh yeah, those are bad. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you, my friend. Your dream self nods in the appropriate manner to this creature, almost instinctively knowing how to show respect to such a thing. Great. <laughs> I, I don't know how to... Good, good, dream self. You, you, you did good. Go me. And um, if you express that sort of like, well, good job, dream self, the dream self will like, casu like almost imperceptibly look over its shoulder, its single eye staring back at you ever so slightly. That, see, that's, that's creepy. I, I'm not feeling the, the good job, go me thing anymore. I'm feeling like, ooh, why am I so creepy? Anyways, uh, great, awesome, horse bad. Do I, I see the little creatures of Lang, little lumpy potato man running around everywhere? A couple of them, yeah. Okay. None of them are the same as the one you've seen before. Damn it. These it's ones something I want. <laughs> are moving around with uh, less large bulbous packs, and they seem to be being carried on palanquins by these short little stumpy men that seem to be made of they look like they're made of dirt honestly they've hmm. got like clumpy patches on their skin interesting okay but you wake up your watch passes tears i don't know if you tell grawl about what passed during your evening you know nothing it was quiet my watch was quiet. <laughs> uh, I'd like to make an inside check. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, that's not going to be great. 11. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. Everything's great. All right, cool. Perfect. The rest of your watch crawl passes uneventfully. Soon the morning is coming. With it, the dawn storm lights, and then morning proper. Do you all set out at first light? Yeah, might We're as well. Offering right? breakfast at the house. You can get some breakfast with the archers. Either. You know if you set out early enough, though, you'll get to the Ettenson farm by midday. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, what's everyone want to do? I mean, I'm assuming we can breakfast early with them and Yeah, go. They're, they're up at first light. They're farmers, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. 
Might as well. Uh, I will pull Cherish aside and just ask her if she thinks we should um, share. Uh, yeah. Okay. I just what, if the same, what if the same thing is happening at the end? Or I guess they're not orchard people, so there wouldn't be horrible stick men trees, but but their cows and stuff are getting murdered. There's something worse going on there. Yeah, that's fair. You just got told. Mm. I I just wasn't. I didn't know. I wasn't sure what you wanted no, to do. It's okay. It's just really scary, and I'm still a little bit freaked out. But we shouldn't talk about it over breakfast, obviously. As you're leaving the Archer Farmstead, you share the night's events with Grawl and Sid. Yeah. You said nothing happened. No, I told you my watch was quiet. I I wasn't trying to necessarily mm-hmm. keep it from you, but I just mm-hmm. wanted to talk to Cherish about if we like had any freaking clue what was going on mm-hmm. before we, mm-hmm. you know. It was spooky. I didn't want you to run off after them. I wouldn't have. That's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> You can't fight eight billion things at once. <laughs> well, like three billion. I can't even count that high. It's probably doable. <laughs> um. So my question is, uh, what happens if these creatures attack the two of you? Well, we probably would have been boned. Yeah, because it was just two of you, right? See how that's probably not the best um, idea we, in the world? We didn't have time to... We I would have lost the light if we had woken you guys up. And we didn't know that there were billions of horrible little stickers in the orchard. I wouldn't have gone in the orchard if I had known they were there. I mean, that that is fair. <laughs> that is fair. Um, and I'm not... I'm absolutely not trying to scold you guys. I'm just like, you know... If something happened, Grawl and I would have no idea what happened, you know. Um, yeah, something to think about, I guess. You have like a, I don't know. We got to come up with a system. What do you mean a system? Well, like if something bad happens like that, we all just, you know, find out a way of telling everyone and like lickety split instead of just like screaming bloody murder. Do you have any suggestions? Another time. We can come up with it another time. It's fine. I'm hungry. Sure. We just ate. (laughs) We did just eat. Maybe that was a distraction. Anyways, hey, look at this. (laughs) Rations in my bag. Mm, Good. No, 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 no. (laughs) Heading southwest again. The road is now tilting farther south. You are beginning to run parallel with the Stormwall Mountains. You know that the Ettenson Farm will be roughly in an east by northish way from where Marshall Forrester told you to start looking. Moving down the track, there is a low wooden fence that separates the eastern prairies from you. You can see that 
It looks like this is more tended pasture land of some kind. You know that the Ettensons keep herds this far south. They have some of the most land to deal with in this area. Past here is a lot of unsettled territory. No roads stretch out past the Ettensons instead. Down there, eventually the drylands terminates where the Mokum River flows out of the Stormwall Mountains. It's territory ruled by wild tribes of lizard folk. Certain wandering orcish clans live down there. And you know that farther up in the mountains there's rumors of giants. The Eddins instead is the last little scrap of civilization before the drylands starts becoming the wild, untamed place that it is everywhere else outside of the Blue Gulch area. As you're moving, the daylight is wan and thin. At some point in the night, clouds rolled over the sky. There is a bit of overcast air to this place. It hasn't been overcast the whole time you've been in the Blue Gulch area. It's been sunshine, bright days, clear nights. This is the first sign of some kind of break in that weather pattern. That long fence that moves off to your left of the road separates you from the the pasture lands. It's a wooden affair made of rough white wood that you've seen throughout the construction in Blue Gulch. You're not quite sure where those trees come from. This whole area of the drylands was once plentiful with birch, and that was used in a lot of the construction, but those trees are gone now, given way to settled farmlands. When you reach it about the mid-morning mark, Grawl, you see the moths. Mm. They dance in the right. air ever so slightly. Wings tinkling with frost. Their antenna giving off little glingles of glass tinkling upon ice. No one else seems to notice them as you press forward, but you can see that it's a de demarcation line. Everyone? We're yes. getting close. Yeah. Yeah. I, um... Did I ever tell anyone about the moths? Did I? No. Good no? question. I don't, I don't think, think so. Did, I don't like. I, I didn't. I didn't really know what it was at the time. I don't think. Um, yeah, anyways. and yeah, and then Mott said something to you, but I don't think you. Yeah. 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 So Cherish's um, uh, yeah is more of a yeah. Yeah. Um, I can I can see things. There are moths everywhere, and they were. They were there last time we went into a place like this. Okay. Like last this... time we were near Ronskar? Yeah. 
Okay. What do you think it means? I mean, thanks for getting close. <laughs> Try not good. Yeah, that's fair. Pressing your mounts forward. You keep moving down the track? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Grawl, as you move past the area where the moths are dancing, and they really only spread out just in front of you. You don't see like a big wall of them or anything. Mm -hmm. It's just you see wherever you look, there's a little dividing line of moths. It's only mm -hmm. directly in front of you. They don't spread out into your peripheral vision. So where you're looking, you can see where the barrier is thanks to these moths. Okay. What you notice as you cross this line, though, is that as opposed to before, where they were just sitting still, these moths are moving. Ever so slightly, they're drifting on some unseen wind, but they're moving outward, northward, and eastward. Ooh, that's bad. It's slow. It is very slow, but it's noticeable. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if you tell your party this or not. I... I, I can. I, so, up sure. Here. Sure. Um, just as a heads up, everyone. Um, the moths are moving. Not like... Not like, oh no, they're gonna get us. Ah, scary. Um, they're... I think they... They indicate the barrier from wherever this is coming from and where we're coming from. And it's getting closer to Blue Gulch. So, so the the moths are the I'm the moths are the barrier? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. They're what's, just there. I'm sorry, what's moving? This <sighs> Whatever is coming out of this realm scar is getting closer and it's growing. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Just want to make sure I was confused. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's a very complex uh, thing. I think, I think it was less noticeable the last time it was already turned. Yeah, this one's it's kind of weird. Being down here and it being this cold. Yeah. Though it does occur to you that the strangeness isn't the cold, the strangeness is the warmth. Something keeps the drylands warm all year round. It's not the elevation, it's not... The valley isn't, all told, isn't huge. It takes about a month to cross the valley in any direction, but that shouldn't account for this dramatic of a change in temperature, especially in winter. Yeah, I, I just mean that, like, or this, like, for the and the area from what we, or I guess what Cherish knows. Right. Like, that's the reason this is more noticeable, because... Precisely. Yeah. Mm. A few 
about 20 minutes after Grawl points out this and you've moved deeper to the southeast, to the southwest, something you all notice is the soft tread of your mount's hooves striking dirt suddenly becomes a lot more staccato. There's a, a clip to it now. And as you look, you can see that their hooves are clopping down on hardened, almost frozen earth. Yeah. This is bad. Sid? Yeah. Two days ago, you noticed the lack of birds. Yeah. There is still that distinct lack. But in the distance, you see some dark form wheeling in the sky. There's a dark blotch on the horizon. You think it's a farmstead, and something is circling above it. Um, I, I tell everybody to, like, slow down. Um, I think I see the farmstead up ahead, but something is circling above it. Too far away to tell what it is. Is there a way to, like, is it noticeably bigger than, like, maybe a bird in the distance? I would need some kind of perception check. I can make okay. that. I'm going to try to. Or actually, not even perception. I would need investigation, because you've already noticed okay. it. I will right. do that with advantage using... Oh, that's right. My boy. I'm going to try anyway. Investigation. Doesn't, doesn't fucking matter. <sighs> yeah, nine. Four. So, <laughs> probably not me. Hang on. Hang on. 17. Nice. Very nice. Grawl, yeah, were you? 15. Okay. Yeah. So, Tirza and Grawl, you can see that whatever this thing is, it's, it's bigger than most birds, though you've both seen large birds. Here in the drylands, there are huge golden eagles that sometimes swoop down and attack smaller prey. There are gigantic vultures as well, farther in the northern drylands. So, it could be just a really big bird. It's really hard to say. And it's like a singular thing? That is why it is so easy to notice. It is a single creature up in the okay. sky. Large bird. We should, uh, we should probably move quickly. I don't, that seems awfully sinister. It does. Yeah. yeah, what if they're in trouble? That's... Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Well, let's go. Pick up the pace. Pick up the pace. The clop of your mount's hooves on hard-packed frozen dirt is the only sound that fills the air. It overrides your Steady breathing as you ride, the rough breathing of your mounts. You see their breath is beginning to mist slightly as the air gets colder and colder as you move to the south. 
The chill here is perceptible now. It doesn't even need the wind to strike at you. Over the next rise, you'll see the Ettenson farmstead. You come up on a low hill, and you can see it spread out in front of you. In total, it has... Let's see. One, two, three, four primary buildings that you can see, and one smaller outbuilding to the southeast of the stead proper. There is the house, a large barn, and a bunkhouse to the south of the stead house proper. Just north of the family house, there is a large windmill. You can see that the Edinson farmstead is split sort of three ways. Two-thirds of the farmland is dedicated to herds. There's a large aurochs herd to the southeast. Or, there is ground for a large aurochs herd, I should say. To the southwest, there is ground for a large herd of horses and alpacas. To the Northwest, there are large rolling fields of corn, it looks like. There are no herds in sight here, though. The corn fields are wilted and blackened. You see the windmill has been torn to tatters. It lists ever so slightly in the dull breeze. Two abandoned carts lay on the road leading towards the stead, their harnesses broken and snapped. Supplies and personal effects lay scattered on the ground near those carts. They never made it to the stead proper. There are no bodies, as far as you can see. Any blood? None that you can see. I mean, we're not investigating. We're riding towards the stead itself, I'm assuming. Do you ride straight yeah. past the carts? I was going to say, actually, I would like to pull up for a second, and I'll I'll Take use my investigation advantage again. Okay. Finally coming in useful. <laughs> I keep an eye out on that flying thing in the distance. Okay. It is above you now. Oh. Shit. And you can see now that it's not one thing. It is a flock of things. Yeah, I had a feeling that was the case. Just, yeah. Circling um, in a wide arc around the perimeter of the stead. Uh, 13. Whatever happened here wasn't a struggle. It was a flight. Someone abandoned everything, spilled it onto the ground, and ran. Okay. Uh, I will inform everybody of that. They might still be alive. How far is it to the house? From where you are, it is close to 200 feet to the house proper, 
maybe 150 feet to the barn, and 230 feet to the bunkhouse to the south. The windmill is just north of the house, a bit more parallel with your position. What What is the closest structure to us? The barn. Mm-hmm. 150. Yeah. About. Is there f- footsteps? The only sound is the clop of your mount's hooves on permafrosted earth. Oh, I guess there wouldn't be, like, footprints. Footprints, yeah. That's that's the word I meant to say, is footprints. Well, if you want to try to find tracks, I'll need some kind of survival check. Yeah, I'm a ranger. I've been lying this whole time. Um, <laughs> is So you said this thing was circling up above us now. Is it in a sort of, like, it's passing above us? Or it's, like, now actively, like, like right above us? It's clear now that it is a flock of somethings that is circling the perimeter of the farmstead. Okay. I don't like that. So far um, up that it's tough to tell what it is, but you can tell it's multiple somethings. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Uh, I got a 17 survival. Getting down off of your horse you'd need to do to perform this. Okay, that's fine. Get down off your horse and come down near the abandoned carts, glancing around. The rest of you stay mounted keeping a vigil. I will also take the reins of Sid's horse. Okay, I was going to say. Yeah. As you inspect the ground, you can see that there are maybe four, maybe five sets of tracks leading away from these carts, heading not down the road towards the barn, but straight across the fields towards the windmill. Based on that role, you can tell that there was two adults and probably two kids and one that you're not sure about. Yeah, I I think they went towards the windmill, which would explain the current condition. I'm going to take a wild guess and say maybe being out in the open at the the safest. It's probably true. Should we make our way there? See if... Towards the windmill? Yeah. Maybe we should... Well, maybe we should put our horses somewhere safe while we investigate. I don't know. I think that's a good idea. We should head towards the barn. Yeah. Alright. Let's, you know, get going. Yeah. I get back on the horse. Okay. Continue south a ways. The track here leads into the stead proper. It cuts from south to southwest, and then evens out to a westerly direction. It turns into a flattened, almost proper road once it enters the stead. There's a circular track that moves from the barn to the house to the bunkhouse. You can see that the track also curves out in a way 
behind the house leading towards the windmill. It seems as though there is a an order to this where they would move from one location to the other. Bunkhouse to house to windmill to barn and then possibly to the south or possibly up north. The track leads away to the south though you have no idea what's down there other than large tracks of land for the herds. As you come down the road and turn the corner of the barn, because the barn is facing south, you see that the ground there has been disturbed. The large sliding door of the barn has been destroyed, shattered outward. Splinters of it are spread across the track in front of you. Um... Um, I'll go first. I'll head towards the barn. Okay. Staying on your reindeer? Yes. All right. Moving forward, you have another about 50 feet before you get to that destroyed door to where you could look inside the barn. Um, I will approach, like, cautiously if I can. And also I'll take my shield and my warhammer out. Okay. So you'll be just clutching at your reindeer with your legs? I mean, it's a magical reindeer that I summon with the power of... Yeah. Sure, I'm just double-checking. So, yes. Yep. Yes. Are the rest of you sticking close? Staying back? Um, uh, I, I will stick close to Tears Up. Same. Or I guess stick close to Sid. The usual. I'll bring up the reader. <laughs> Again, you don't have to be in a scattered line. You can be clumped together if you no. want. Right. As you come around the edge of the barn, the gray daylight pouring over this place, looking around, you come out and see an empty barn. There's nothing in there. It looks as though this was a place used for Half storage for things to take care of herd animals. Half storage for siloing corn. There are stalls here that could be used to house animals, but not nearly enough to accommodate a whole herd. This was clearly used for, like, sick animals or pregnant animals. Birthing or, animals. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. All of those stalls are empty, though. Yeah. Perfect. It means you guys have stalls for your... <laughs> well, as long as we're in the barn and not out in broad daylight, maybe we can f figure out a plan. We yeah. definitely need to check out that windmill. Make sure there's... Just see if anybody is still alive. I agree. Yeah. Sh should we leave our horses here? I mean... Barn doors were blasted outward, so if there was anything bad in here, it left. Presumably. Is there... Can I... I mean, can I investigate the inside of the barn? See if there's, like, something popped out of the ground or something? Nothing that obvious. Okay. If you want to do a more thorough investigation, that'll take time and a roll. 
Right. Um, but but the the barn door was like that burst out instead of in. Mm-hmm. That is very clear. Um. Well, no, we need to. We can leave our horses here for now. Um, I think we need to investigate that that windmill. Yeah, I agree. Okay. You leave your horses in the barn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm. I'm gonna stay mounted. Okay. The rest of you leaving your horses behind. Tirza stays on her reindeer. You come around to the western side of the barn. You can see now that between the barn and the house proper, there is about 50 feet of distance, at the center of which is a large well with a bit of a slanted, like, classic roof with a little bit of tiling on it. Mm -hmm. It is the picture-perfect well. (laughs) It would be if the crank at the center of it weren't clearly destroyed. Um. Whatever rope and bucket system was set up in the center of this well has been annihilated. A tatter of rope is off to the side. There is no sign of the bucket or the winch. Why would a creature or creatures do something like that? Like that. That implies intelligence and malice. Anything in the well? Do you investigate the well? Yeah. Is that is, so, is that on the way to the windmill? There is no. About... It's between. Or is it? Yes, it is. Uh, the, oh, the wind. The windmill is north of the house. The house is. So, to give you a little bit of idea of the setup, I'm going to flash this map to, so our view, our (laughs) people can see it, but not our listeners. But the the barn is over here uh, to the east. The house is to the west down here, and the windmill is above it. And the well is between the house and the barn. Okay. Just tweet it. Like, see this. (laughs) No context. Yeah. It's like... It's fine. Uh, So when you're at at the well, there's about 20 feet to the north to get to the windmill. Yeah, let's let's do it. That's runnable. Yeah. (laughs) Look into the well. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tirza, like, has a hand, or, yeah, Tirza has, like, put her warhammer away and like has a hand ready to like grab someone if they get if there was a flying creature that would be a safe spot to hide like in the well Grawl you're the first one to approach the well what do you do I want to look in (laughs) okay lean out over the darkness of the well the roof above you, blotting out the sky. Glancing down, you're looking into a dark, dark pit. There is no slosh of water. There is no reflection of light. 
There's only darkness down there. Okay. I'm assuming, like, dark vision looking down into it wouldn't do anything. It was probably too deep. Give you, like, 60 feet. And it's only in black and white, and you only get darkness. It seems to be deeper than that. Yep. Um, okay. Do you have any extra torches? We do. <laughs> I, yeah. I can also cast light for free. Well, not light, uh, that... but I could cast dancing light. What's the range on those? Uh, 60 feet. I say do it. Worst thing that happens, whatever we're, you know, coming down here to find hops out of it. And then we can deal with that then. Mm. <laughs> Problem for future us. Yeah. <laughs> like most things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. De toi. So you throw your globules of life down the well. Yeah. You all lean forward with anticipation, watching these little globes of light drift down the well. Ten feet, twenty feet. The light drifting out in a radius. The light that these globules cast will reach a depth that Grawl couldn't see before the globules themselves. You see the brickwork of this well ribbed all the way down. This was finally made. About halfway down, you see the scarring more accurately now. Bits of stonework chipped away by falling steel. Down, down, down into the darkness. Eventually, the light reveals, just beyond what Grawl could have seen, the wedged steel iron rod of the winch mechanism. Ropes attached to a bucket all wound together, wedged into the stone. Beneath that, you see... faces. Blue, gelatinous skin that turns upwards towards the light. About three of them, you see, down there. They all look up towards the light and let out weird little moans, these... as they shrink slowly deeper down the well, away from the light. Fuck. Horrible moans and whispers come up from the bottom of the well, so long as the light's down there. As these things go... Cherish, you know what they're saying. Oh no. What did they say? Too soon, too soon. The light, not the light. We need darkness. We need cold. Um, I think that means you leave those down there. <laughs> it's a good thing we didn't come up here at night. Yeah. 
Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, that's exactly what I was expecting in the well. Um, that <laughs> shall we... right there. That is exactly what you were Hold expecting. Uh, okay. Right there. Hold on, guys. Just, was... just a second. That's exactly what you were expecting. <laughs> I was expecting something spooky AF, and let oh. me tell you, son, it was spooky. <laughs> should, should, should we? Um... Mike's got the spooky boys out in force today. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Spookiest yeah. episode yet. Those bluish waxen faces. Still moaning, writhing around each other, their flesh seeming to like pillow out from their faces as they shrink away from the light. Gross. Right, awful. Uh, should we continue onward? Yeah, we should. We need to make sure if there are any survivors. Let's just put a pin in that for now, and we'll come back to that. <laughs> uh, I do raise the lights up a little bit. And the faces will sort of come out of these sacks of flesh, sort of coming to a more naturalistic position. Uh, and I'm going to ask in Infernal. Um, yeah, I saw the little beginnings of the I read micro expressions. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh. I ask in Infernal, are you from Kania? Give me a persuasion check, intimidation, something. Okay. Um, I'm your boss, so you have to answer me. (laughs) Um, My dad's the CEO, so... (laughs) My dad Uh, works for Nintendo. I'm going to do persuasion. Please, your dad's the VP. Yeah, no, I know. He's <laughs> glorified uh, little management. <laughs> I'm going to say that to his face when I meet him. Really good. 15. Okay. So in the... As horrid as the whispering, moaning voices at the bottom of the well are... It's all the more disturbing when Cherish leans out over the well and while clearly more enunciated and well-spoken, it is in the same language that Cherish speaks at these things. As you ask that question, the voices, the whispering and the moaning suddenly stop. And it's quiet after you ask that question. And there is a single word spoken from the bottom of the well. And it says, Stygia. Oh. Okay. That's the other cold one. Good to know. Um, I don't think, I don't think Cherish knows that though. No, that's not what I say. Um, you would be aware that Stygia is a layer of hell. Just not that it's the other cold one. <laughs> uh, huh. Oh. They're from a different layer of hell. Yay? Yeah, right? <laughs> Don't know how to feel about that. Excellent. 
<laughs> At uh, least it's not your dad. Yeah, I guess. Maybe it would be better if it was. Ugh, I don't know. Uh, dismiss dancing lights and... Um, yeah, let's go check out the windmill. Let's go check out the windmill. Okay. Moving towards the windmill, you are all proceeding forward. Tears are still on reindeer back. Mm -hmm. You are pressing forward. The windmill is in complete shambles. The cloth that is stretched over the large blades of this thing is in tatters. Revealing a skeletal frame that creaks to the left and to the right in the wind, but never making a full rotation. You see that the peaked roof of this thing has long gouge marks in it. The front door looks as though it has been battered and chopped at with blades. Large scoring black ice sheets look as though they've been poured across a couple of windows, one of the exterior walls, as though someone with a large hose of water has sprayed it on this windmill and then the water suddenly froze before it had a chance to splatter completely. <clears throat> and as you're walking forward, Cherish, does a 15 hit your AC? <laughs> yes. Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, what doesn't hit my AC? I think a 1 to a 14. That would be awesome. Future. Yeah. From <laughs> somewhere above you, there's a twang and a bolt goes soaring through the air and strikes you, Cherish, for 5 piercing damage. Ouchie. Ow. Uh, if Just I could wheel, if I could wheel around so that like my, me and Carrie are blocking, Cherish. Okay. Or covering Cherish. All right. What are the rest of you doing? Responding accordingly. <laughs> are we're just out in the open at this point? Yeah. You probably uh, had about. 10, 15 feet to go before you got to the windmill when Cherish was shot. Uh, I look up. Yes. I, I draw Stormpiercer, and I look up. Okay. Looking up, you can see that in the... Uh, there's a window behind the blades of the windmill that is only revealed when they're slightly moving. And you can mm. see a figure there. Looks like they're reloading a crossbow. Uh... I run towards the windmill. Okay. You can get there in one turn. Cool. You have 15 feet to get there. Uh, can I try and... Is, the, is there a door or something? There is. It has been... Looks like battered and chopped at, but it is still standing. Um, can I try and open it? It, it seems stuck. Stuck. Um, Grawl, what are you doing? Uh, I am taking cover behind the... Uh... The, like stone of the uh, the well. Okay, so you duck back and get behind the well. Are you doing anything else? Mm -hmm. 
Um, I want to uh, get my greatsword out. Okay, you have your greatsword. Okay, cool. Cherish, what are you doing? Uh, Tears will move to cover me, so I'm going to stay undercover. Okay, anything else? Uh... I can't see where the crossbow bolt came from, though. If you glance over the rump of Tears's reindeer, you can see that there's a figure up in this window reloading crossbow. They're pretty obvious. Yeah. Um. Can. Can I? I, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to work or not, but can I call out to them? Like, um. <sighs> the hell man uh no not that <laughs> um uh, dude like just a you know we're we're just past like we're just travelers we're not i have a feeling this might be the people yeah so what do you say specifically um i think i shout out like we're not like we come in peace we come in peace. We're not attacking you. <laughs> and you'll hear some distant, not shouting, but definitely like heated arguing happening. Um, and someone will shout, How do we know you're not with them? With who? Those things, those creatures. I, oh, uh, I almost said something that's actually a musical theater lyric and it bothered me for a second, but I will say it anyway. Um, this, I swear, by the storm, uh, by, uh, sorry, fake, fake religious oath. Mm-hmm. It's late. I'm tired. Sure. Uh, <laughs> the voice from at the top of the windmill will say, Don't know nothing about no storm. Get on out of here. Didn't Cherish dance with one of them? The just... One of the Edinson boys? Yeah, Kevin. Mm -hmm. Super did. Yeah. Um, Cherish All right. still like crawl holding. with the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saying. I that was an archer and Edinson. I remember. That um, was an Edinson. Uh, Cherish, kind of indignant because she's like, oh, this, this fuck is, god damn it. Um, I'm Cherish Ironstrike. I just danced with Kevrin like last night. Uh, well, it's not last night, but. Or two, like two days ago, three days ago. And, uh, you hear more voices from the top of the windmill. Uh, and uh, someone else's voice who Cherish and Sid, you'd recognize this voice because it accosted Danjo Deepseam before he left. Uh, she'll shout out Cherish Strike, Hey, you? Yeah. Is Kevin the one that just shot me? No, that'd be Bora, my husband. Well, it was... I mean, I understand, but... 
Admittedly, he's a mite twitchy at the moment. And I'm a little upset at being shot. Understandable. Look, we've seen all manner of weirdness. And again, you can't necessarily see these people shouting at you. They're like darkened Mm -hmm. shapes up in a window. Right. But this person will say, We've seen all manner of weirdness last day. Appreciate it if you could prove it was you. How would you like me to do that? What's your mom's name? My mom's name is Kalkin. And what's she do in town? She's a blacksmith. She owns Iron Strike Metalworks. She side with the mayor or Danjo? Neither. And there's more talking from up at the top of the windmill. And finally, she doesn't like to get involved in it. You'll see a head poke out the window, and the same woman who had accosted Danjo Deep Seam on his way to town uh, will stick her head out, and she'll look down at you, and she'll say, It's okay, Bora, it's them. You can vouch for your friends there? Mm-hmm. All right. And she'll nod down to the door. It's like, come on down. Thank you. And Sid, you hear a bunch of shuffling and, like, furniture moving, and someone is clearly pulling a bunch of stuff away from the door. Okay. And eventually, the Ettenson family is revealed. Uh, There is Celia, the matron of the family, Bora, who is a surly half-dwarf, who is her husband, um, their son, Kevrin, and his twin sister, Kala. And that's it. Okay. This farm housed dozens of people. And there are four here. What what happened? I mean, clearly you were all attacked, but Bora will like be watching the perimeter with this huge crossbow that he's cradling. And Celia will wave you into the windmill. There's barely enough room in here for all of you. Um Re that I will send Kiri back over to go hang out with the horses okay. and keep an eye out on them. Um, as you take shelter inside the windmill, they won't replace stuff on the door because there's not enough room in here for everybody, really. Uh, and to do that, Kala and Kevrin are huddling off to one side. Bora will stand at the door with his big, heavy crossbow, and Celia will talk to you all and say, We. Got home late last night. We decided to push on through, try to get home. The herds were gone. The crops are dead. The land is frozen. I don't... When we got back to the farmstead, there was... There was something. Something that had... With these chains red light coming off of them. 
strung up a bunch of the hands. We still don't know what happened to Aeson. Just jerking them around like, like puppets. We ran, we, we got away, we tried to get to the barn, but then something... It was made of bones and meat, and it, it walked like, like a person, but it had all the wrong limbs, and this big smiling head, and it just came bursting out of the barn. And we had a, the cabin not... A week ago, and there were still some mothers laid up in there, and I don't know what happened to them, but I... We got to the windmill, these things chasing us, and then there was a big one. It had a... This spear, it glowed blue. Like a big bug. Clicking mandibles, gnashing claws, blasting everything with this dark ice, and she'll point towards the door. Mm -hmm. I didn't believe her when she... She'll, like, point at the, the frame of the door, and you can see from the inside that there are these etched runes on the interior of the door. And she said, Old Morgana came through here not well, two months ago. Mm -hmm. Kevron was sick. We, we didn't know who else to turn to. She insisted on staying out here, and she scrawled all those in the door by the time she was gone. I don't know what that old witch did, but it saved our lives last night. I'm glad that you're okay. Uh, Mike, about what time of day is it? It is just afternoon. Just afternoon. So it's difficult to say precisely where the location of the sun is due to the overcast nature of the weather. God, they wouldn't be able to make it, but... They could make it on our horses. Yeah. You guys need to take anything you can carry and get up to the archer farm, and then <laughs> you both got to get up to the tumble down. And Bora will lean back and look over his shoulder. And half dwarves are a very like robust lot. Uh, what sets them apart is their complete lack of hair, actually, and they're yeah. identifiable in that way. Uh, some people call them mules or moles. That's sort of a derogatory term, though, um, because they're much hardier than humans. They're very capable of lifting and carrying things. They're renowned for their endurance. Bora, this half-dwarf, will turn to you and say, Fuck that! This is our farm! This is our livelihood we're talking about! We need to find out what did this and kill it! Sir... I, with all due respect, if you try to fight this, you will die. 
All of you. And Celia will walk over and put a hand on her husband's shoulder and then give a meaningful look at him and then a meaningful look over at their twin kids. And Bora will just, like, grit his teeth, but nod. I can give you my horse, if you need it. Yeah, we have three horses here that we, we took here. You're more than welcome to take as many as you need. Where will you go? <laughs> well, I think the idea is that we stay here. We've... Why not come with us? Kevin and Kyle on one horse, me and Bora on another, and you four double up. We have to go further into this to stop this. We have the means. That's that's the easiest way to explain. We also get the impression that if we don't do something about this soon, it's going to keep expanding. Yeah, which the is... reach of these things. Celia will nod and say, the crops had started turning, but it wasn't this bad when we left. That was five days ago. And it's only going to get worse, which is why the archers need to get further north, too. At least to the down. You should all be in the though, frankly. This isn't moving too quickly, but I'm concerned. Celia will nod and she'll move over and motion to her kids. Kevrin and Kala will get up. Kevrin definitely giving you a look, Cherish. Four nights ago, five nights ago, Kevrin danced awkwardly with you at the cotillion. There he was a little intimidated by you. Now he's more afraid. He doesn't know what's going on, but y'all coming out of nowhere and telling them to run while you're going to stay behind and face whatever it is that attacked them last night. It's a mix of fear and awe as he looks at you. The Attensons will not bother with anything other than some dried meat and cheese that they wrap up in cloths before whose horses are you giving them? They will... I'm going to give them mine, which isn't technically mine anyway, but <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, this... <laughs> the adventuring party of the trap. <laughs> and whose other horse? How many do they need? They can take mine too. I'm they used only to need... They only need two. So, Cherish and mine because they're not going to yeah. be moving with any gear whatsoever so yeah do they have any weapons the Bora crossbow has his big old crossbow and that's pretty okay. much it um cherish is kind of keeping an eye on the circling creatures as while we're kind of getting them set up and on their way okay yeah they're just still circling the farm okay 
As you get them on their way, they give you nods of thanks. They're still looking around, just terrified of the area. Mm -hmm. Before she leaves, Celia will turn to you and say, Just look out for the one with chains. That was the one that seemed to be directing everything. Okay. Okay. Chains with the red light. I understand. And they'll take off northward up the road back towards the archer farm. If they move fast, they might be able to get there just after nightfall. Okay. All right. What's the plan now? Do we just wait for darkness? Do we... try to goad whatever is up there into attacking now or same with whatever that is in the well. Uh, Cherish, did you meant actually Elliot, did you mention or did Cherish mention that they said something about the light? Not yet. Yes. Okay. Yes. So So Cherish is presuming that they're not coming out until until nightfall. Okay. Um, theoretically, the four of us could fit on my horse and the reindeer. Is that a safe assumption? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we need to keep my horse alive just in case we need to get out of here. Um, I, I, is there, maybe we should find someplace safe to, to keep him. I don't know where that would be. Keep him in the mill. I guess we keep him in the windmill. Yeah. Yeah. There's some kind of, there's like runes or something. Yeah. What if Morgana did? Yeah. Um, so that should be our base of operations. Um, as far as what else we should do, I sure. Um, it's a bummer you don't have those beads anymore, Cherish. You could just. I know, right? So easy. Take fireball. No, I took uh, scorching ray. I got plenty of look. I got plenty of fire. I get the stuff. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So, All right. So much fire. <laughs> uh, I mean, we should do that right now. Yeah. Throw a bunch of fire at the well. No, no. move the horse. <laughs> yeah. Cherish, throw fire down the well. No, not yet. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, I I don't have a problem with launching fireballs down a well and de- I, dealing with I a few don't things either. Right off of that, but that's fine. I think we have a better chance right now than you know. Nightfall when yeah. everything theoretically comes out, and I can't see. <laughs> oh, let's do true. I keep forgetting about that one. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> could also maybe uh, think about setting a trap for them. <laughs> um, should we look inside the house? 
Reed is not Reed not. What happens if we need to go there? What happens if we need to go there and take shelter there at any point? Do we want to, like, leave that, like, as an unknown? Or do we want to know if there's something in there or not? No, we should probably go figure out if there's something in there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Investigate while we have uh, some light. Hey, remember how, like, an hour ago I was talking about how we would never go in the spooky house? We're, like, the best (laughs) people to be in a horror movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We should go in that spooky house. This is going to be like a new light, a new <laughs> page for us. Uh. <laughs> I know it's going to be hard to get used to, but all right, let's put the let's move the horse and then uh-huh. go to the spooky house. Spooky house, spooky house. You pen your horse up two. in the windmill. Yeah. All right. What does your reindeer do, Tirza? What does where does Carrie go? Um, I will uh, uh, just hang out by the windmill and let me know if anything happens, and try not to get yourself eaten, please. It will nicker slightly. Cool. What a good girl. No. You oh, move. by the way, I say all of these things. It only understands Dwarvish. Sure. So. From where you are at the windmill, you can see that the house does have a back door. As well as what looks like a set of stairs that maybe leads down into a cellar at the rear. Mike, those were the worst series of words you could possibly yeah. say. Yeah, really <laughs> awful. <laughs> the worst. Oh, good. Stairs into a cellar. Fantastic. Favorite <laughs> place. Probably... And each In fact, step creaks. You know, we could look around this place to see if we need to take cover here, or Cherish could just set it on fire and burn it to the ground. <laughs> I was going to say, we could just leave. If you guys want to leave, we could just leave. I don't know that being exposed in the nighttime will be better or worse. Why don't we save it? Save it for save the fire until later. That way you can see. <laughs> two two right. birds, one stone. Yeah. You also know that there is a front entrance to this house. There was a set of double doors on a porch that entered towards the front of this house. But from the rear at the windmill, you can see, yes, there is a staircase leading down into what looks like a cellar and a rear door that also leads into the first floor of the house. Just, does the house look like attacked or, or have any wear and tear to it? Loose shutters we're... bang ever so slightly when the wind picks up. But other than that, the house looks untouched. <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> So the spookiest thing it could be uh-huh. doing. And then a wooden wind chime. Like a through broken wind. glass. Just uh-huh, kind yeah. of billing outside the window, too. I hate this. Alright, so do we want to... <laughs> do we want to die inside or outside? <laughs> yeah, what's what do we want to yeah. do here? I see myself dying. It's... Yeah. I'm I say we go into the house. Yeah. I... I think we can all pretty safely assume that there's something horrifying in the cellar, so let's check the house. 
Uh-huh. This is in character as <laughs> Yeah, I think we can all agree. So should we just like go in, open as many windows as possible, get as much natural light into this house mm-hmm. as we explore? Okay. Cool. When we open the door, um, we should probably like stand to either side of it and like open it really quickly and move towards like the Like SWAT wall. team style. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. don't know what a SWAT team is, Tirza, but like the Haven Guard. <laughs> it's a it's a Jarashir thing. Don't okay. worry. Okay. <laughs> mm. Uh, yeah. Do you go through the front door, the rear door, or into the cellar? I think the rear door. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The rear door is a small wooden affair. Who opens the door? I'll do it. Okay. Opening the door. It opens into a long, ten-foot-wide corridor. You can see that it goes straight in front of you, and it seems to bisect the house. At the end of this corridor, with the light streaming in behind you, you can see that you're looking directly at the front doors. There's a door to your right, just inside this back door. About five feet away, there's a door to your left, and... Taking up much of the right side of the hallway just in front of you is the underside of a staircase that looks to be leading up. Bad things don't like to hide upstairs, so that's probably safe. You could tell from outside that there is a second story to this house. Yeah. Um, I'm... I will will go in and I will open the door immediately to the right SWAT team style again. Fantasy SWAT team. As soon as you open the door, the smell that hits you is an abrupt and sudden wave. Smells of rich rich mahogany and popcorn and mm. just tasty uh mm, is that stew it's the mm. smell of exposed meat in a freezer Lovely. and as you open the door into a large dining room fuck the six corpses their skin blue and tight across muscle and bone sit in a weird macabre mockery of some kind of family meal. Uh, frozen to death, I assume. They appear Based to be. Mm. Nope, 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 nope. Um, I mean, I we don't see now. it. Oh, that's true. Hey, Tirza. What's going on? Uh, some of the Ettensons or their workers oh. have been Etten. Mm. No. no. Hmm. You can see that this dining room is about 20 feet long by 15 feet wide. Is there another door on the other side of it? Yes. Though it is like to your if you enter this room, you're entering towards the like southwestern southwesterly direction. The next door out of this room is to the southeast, so it's kind of like kitty corner from where you're at. 
Okay. Um. So you'd have to move past the table and corpses to get to that door. Yeah. I don't really want to do that. Uh. Yeah, nothing in here but dead bodies, I assume. Uh, there's another door on the other side of the room. I'd like to... Oh, on the other side of the room. Because there's also the door down the hallway. Yeah. Feet. Yep. Yeah. Um, I might go take a look through the door down the hallway. Okay. I don't as stealthily as possible. This. Crack open that door. Mm-hmm. Moving with quiet stealth, you open the door into a kitchen. The window is open on the far side, and a breeze catches the little dream catcher that's resting in the window. It will drift back and forth slightly. And it's that mundane little feature that catches your attention so that you don't have to focus on the frozen bodies of people mid-opening of a cabinet or checking the interior of a stove. There are four more corpses in here, frozen in a rictus of motion, as though they were in the midst of preparing a meal. Gotcha. You should have asked the Edensons how many people to expect. Yeah, that would have been a good idea. Their skin pulled tight across flesh, their teeth exposed in dead smiles. Okay. Um. Grawl, Cherish, as you're coming into this hallway behind your two friends, you can see a bit farther down the hallway because of your dark vision. And you can mm -hmm. see that there is another door at the end of the hallway just to the left and a door to the right that would be just inside the front doors. Okay. Presumably the one... Presumably that leads... I mean, I know I can't see this, but presumably that leads to the staircase. Am I getting the layout of this house the correct? St the staircase is right in the middle of this long hallway. And there are four doors off of this hallway into divided okay. rooms. Okay. I had it going the other way. All right. <sighs> okay. Sid, are you doing anything else in this room? Uh, is there anything else of note in the room? There is a door kind of on the opposite end of the room. Okay. Might lead into a pantry or something. You're not sure, right? Um, I uh, go back into the hall. Them um, bodies. Mm. Um. Okay. Shall proceed further. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Who takes the lead? I'll take the lead. All right. Moving down the hall, you move past the underside of the staircase. Mm -hmm. Coming around that, there's a door to your left, a door to your right, and the front doors to the house just in front of you. Behind mm -hmm. you now, there's a staircase leading up to the second floor of this 
house. I listen to see if I can, I listen for any sounds in the house, any creaking, any move, you know, um, like any sign. Give me a perception check. Twenty-six. Just to your right, behind a door, you hear the soft slink of chains being dragged across a floor. I look back at the group. Finger to lips. Finger to lips. Point at the door. And then I reach for the sword and, like, look at everybody expectingly. Um. Yeah, Tirza will give kind of a, a, a nod to, like, you know, do, do what you're going to do. And we'll deal with it. <laughs> I don't know how much of that can be conveyed in a nod, but um, what are the rest of you doing? My greatsword's out and ready to go. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Draw my sword poised. as quietly as possible. I'm poised to cast a spell. All right. As you do, the only light in here is from the door that is still open at the back of the house, pouring into this hallway. The light is muffled and dusty by the time you're at the end towards this door. The rest of you stacking up the hallway, Sid, you approach the door, hand outstretched? Yeah. Touching the door handle, you can feel the cold of it. It's icy to the touch. What do you do? Well, Mike, I open the door. <laughs> uh, is this a creak open or a throw open? This is Im important for what Tirza is doing. Um, I'd like to open it quietly. And like, so there's a little crack. Mm -hmm. Just peek in, see if I can see anything. Oh, so the, the, the terrible the horse horror movie one. thing. Cool. Uh -huh. uh huh. You crack the door open. A hair's breadth. From the other side, we see that door slightly ajar and a sliver of Sid's face outlined in hellish red light as the single eye grows wide at what he sees. Chains from wall to ceiling to floor coat the room, dangle from the ceiling, hooked chains, barbed chains, chains that writhe with emotion and life all their own. At the center of each link, 
almost fused with the dark steel itself. There are little fragments of red neon light. So the whole room dances with these throbbing, bleeding lights between the darkness of the chains. Everything pulses as you crack this door open. At the center of everything, this might have once been a sitting room, there might have once been a fireplace, but everything is just chains in here. And at the center of it all, at the middle of this web of dark links of steel, is a figure. Their flesh bound in these dark chains. What color this flesh is is beside the point because the blood that leaks out makes it crimson. The chains are so tight around their flesh that what little puckered white skin is showing is clearly being torn apart by just the sheer vastness of the chains wrapped around their arms, their legs, their torso. Their head, the only thing showing, are gleaming bright red eyes. And as you crack that door open and see this figure, not standing, not sitting, dangling from the ceiling, supported by these chains, the endless writhing chains that seem to be a part of this creature, that seem to be locking this creature in, you don't know. All you know is that as you open the door, the body, drifting ever so slightly in the air, is turned by those chains. Until it is facing you. And then everything starts to move. As the chains come alive. And begin to attack. And I think it is there where we will leave <laughs> this episode of Material Components. Yeah. Oh, boy. Because as always, you can find us on Twitter at MatcomRPG. That's spelled M-A-T-C-O-M-R-P-G. We also have an email address, which is MaterialComponentsRPG at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners, especially when it gets spooky. <laughs> Literally as soon as you were like, oh, I'm going to crack the door open a little bit. I was like, this is going to be bad. This is bad news bears. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, if it went any longer, I would have door. <sighs> um, hey, guys. Uh, I'm over at crack. <laughs> I'm over at Cry Out Olivia. Um, send me your favorite horror movie wrecks. I love horror movies. I love to talk about them. I love being in them. I love reenacting them. It's great. Uh, I am over uh, Elliot C. Lewis uh, on Twitter. Um, I've, <laughs> I've watched all 10 Hellraiser movies. I know where going. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do I follow that up? Uh, I haven't seen all <laughs> 10 Hellraiser movies. Um, yeah, I'm not going to. I will not subject myself to that kind of torture. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the Redimus. Uh, send, send me your favorite non-horror movie. <laughs> movie that makes you uh, feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. 
because uh, Graw's a little spooked right now. <laughs> uh, and I am not on uh, on Twitter, fortunately, but um, you know, you don't have to reach out to me. Instead, please, 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 you know, on whatever platform you are consuming this podcast, give us a rating, you know, let us know what you think um, because the show's a lot of fun to do and nice hearing from you guys. Yeah. Indeed. And of course you can find me on Twitter over at MK Gargoni because Cenobites ain't got nothing on me. This shit's only just begun. (laughs) (laughs) Now I was, Oh God, so many regrets. Uh 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 No regrets. Look, I said we should just leave. You can also find me over at my other podcast, Panel Up, where I believe the episode we'll be recording as of this airing... Oh, what's happening after Spider-Man? I don't remember. We're probably still talking about Spider-Man in some way or another. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> and of course, uh, he was briefly skipped over this episode, but if you wish to follow <laughs> Omatep on Twitter, you can do so over at NPC underscore A-N. Even when he is just bullet pointed out in an episode, he is, of course, an important NPC. That's true. Well, as always, the world is chaos, y'all, so please be kind. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. See ya. (laughs)